brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus, tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post pay per view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, ad-free access to our website and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for Wade's interview with one of Pro Wrestling's newsmakers. Five years ago this week, Matt Morgan, former Tough Enough contestant, former WWE and TNA headliner, joined me to talk for about an hour and a half about current events in pro wrestling, including SummerSlam. Five years ago this week. Also, he talked about that awkward Dean Ambrose interview on the Stone Cold podcast. Yes, that was five years ago. We also talked some TakeOver, the Roman Reigns push, and more. Then in this doubleheader edition of an interview classic here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast for Saturday, August 21st, 2021, it's Jim Valley's interview with Conrad Thompson, who was talking about his podcast with Ric Flair and what it's like to produce a podcast with Ric Flair. He also talked about Ric Flair's career, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling's Fan Fest, and more. So here we go with a doubleheader. First up, Matt Morgan, and then about halfway through, Conrad Thompson talking Ric Flair. Welcome to the PW Torch Livecast. I am Wade Keller, editor and publisher of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, established in 1987, and also pwtorch.com and mmatorch.com. They are both very significant going into this weekend with two big events coming up, UFC 202 on Saturday and SummerSlam on Sunday. Oh, wait, did I say two events? Oh, wonderful. Um, <laughs> did I say uh, two events or one event or four events or six events? There are so many big events coming up this weekend. Uh, we've got uh, ROH pay-per-view on Friday night. Got Evolve events this weekend, uh, NXT TakeOver, and SummerSlam. And I am uh, pleased to announce that our guest today on the PW Torch Livecast on Interview Thursday is Matt Morgan, and we'll be uh, bringing him up just momentarily. I do want to just underline that we have changed our format, our schedule a little bit this week. Uh, starting this week and going forward, I will be hosting the post-Raw and post-Smackdown call-in shows, and we will start pretty much immediately after the show's end. So as soon as the overrun on Raw ends, I'll log in and uh, start the show. And on SmackDown, we should be starting at uh, 10 Eastern Sharp. Um, so that uh, that's cool. And then we'll have a mix of co-hosts. James Caldwell, the regular host on Mondays for a very long time, will be my co-host this coming Monday, kind of a handing off of the hosting duties. And then Tuesday, I'll be back, uh, likely with a guest co-host, although sometimes it'll just be you guys, the callers, and me reviewing SmackDown. We moved the Tuesday afternoon show to Wednesday. It's now a uh, Wednesday midweek flagship edition of the live cast. And the goal on that show, though, it really wasn't the case this week because there was so much uh, going on in the uh, 
on Raw and SmackDown headed into SummerSlam. But the goal of, of the midweek flagship is going to be to cover a lot of topics besides just reviewing Raw and SmackDown and introduce some discussion points with my guest co- my rotation of guest co-hosts and uh, talk a little bit more about other hot topics in the news that uh, that sometimes get, get lost when we're so focused on the Tuesday show on Raw from the night before. Interview Thursday stays the same. And we'll feature a variety of guests on a regular basis. And uh, speaking of those guests, Matt Morgan is my guest today. Uh, Matt, welcome back to the livecast. It's great to have you on the show once again. Thanks for having me back, man. I appreciate um, uh, working around my schedule like this as well, Wade. I was excited to do this, so thank you. Uh, I'll I'll forgive you for... uh Oh man, <laughs> I'll forgive you for the uh, two-hour delay. It, it it worked out just fine, so no sweat at all. Um, I know that uh, there are higher priorities than than talking to me about wrestling. Sometimes, you know, like your paycheck, uh, your, your career, uh, family, all that kind of stuff. So, um, no no sweat at all. Um, well, we're gonna open up the phone lines. Uh, so please give us a call six four six seven two one nine eight two eight. I said this yesterday when we were on a new day at a new time. Well, new day, same time that uh, we might not have as many calls as usual because we're adjusting our schedule. Today, that's kind of doubly the case since we are starting a couple hours later than, than we usually do on Thursdays and only had this morning to advertise it. So if you're listening in, um, this is a good chance to join in on the discussion. Although, Matt, I know you, and I don't think that we'll have trouble filling time even if callers uh, don't line up in the dozens because uh, <laughs> you, you can talk, um, you have a lot to say, and I really enjoy hearing your opinions on various topics. I, I want to throw the first topic to you, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton. Uh, you, you've been keeping an eye on the hype for that event. I know that you still, as a, a veteran of wrestling, tough enough, WWE, TNA, and more, that you're, you're still a fan. And you're, I wouldn't say you're an exception to a rule, but that's not always the case with wrestlers who get out of the business. Sometimes they just turn off the TV set. But um, the Lesnar-Orton match was an intriguing matchup to announce to begin with. Orton coming back from injury. His first big match back is that one other than, uh, you know, Del Rio, I guess, on TV last week. What, have you, what grade would you give the hype that they've given so far in the way that they built up uh, kind of Suplex City versus RKO out of nowhere. Are you anticipating the match more now than you than you thought you would be when they first announced the match? No, um, I, I will. And it's, it's it's tough. It's a tough spot for them to be in because they just came on the heels of the draft, right? Where things are going to be different this time. We're going to keep our guys on Raw. We're going to keep SmackDown guys on SmackDown. And immediately, right out the shoot. Let's go ahead and throw them, uh, you know, a pay-per-view SummerSlam blockbuster match with one guy from each roster, with no build as to the anticipation of having that stud from one roster versus stud from the other. There's no feeling of that here whatsoever, which I think is a miss, missed opportunity. Um, two, um, the RKO out of nowhere, I like. Obviously, I like the fact that you can hit it out of nowhere. I don't think we needed to see it. Um, in, in order to know that it can happen. I think yeah. Brandy's established enough to where yeah. we didn't need to, um, you know, screw the pooch, so to speak, by, by, by going ahead and showing somebody coming on the, the Raw show from SmackDown to, to, to illustrate this. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think anybody in the world thinks that uh, Randy's winning this match. I know I don't. Um, I don't have any illusions of that happening. Um, but what do you do? I, obviously, they made this match before they were going to do the... Um, the, the, the brand extension, right? So it is what it is. Um, yeah, 
I see a counter argument. I see both sides of the argument in terms of who should win at SummerSlam. And I think when Brock Lesnar got flagged by the USADA after UFC 200, there was some thought of, well, you know, he's tainted. That's going to, you know, hurt him. And you know, maybe they need to put Randy over if they were considering putting Brock over and establish a guy. I mean, not that Randy's got a spotless record in this regard, but uh, go with a guy who's with you full time. Uh, maybe a little easier to work with. <laughs> At least he's more available for more dates um, and, uh, and comes relatively cheaper. And, and give him a big win, especially in light of the roster split, Matt. Because when you split the roster in half, you really can't afford a job in a way that, d- that diminishes or demeans one of your top three or four stars on either brand. Does losing to Lesnar on Sunday clean if that happens and it's in the realm of possibility? Is that something that, that damages Randy, or, or are there storyline ways that you can have Randy react where fans go, all right, that was a wake-up call, we're seeing a new Randy? Absolutely not. I think because Randy's so established and because he's so ingrained in WWE as a main event star for so many years now, absolutely not. I think he can go and lose this match, and, and I'm talking, even if it was one-sided, which it's not going to be, but even if it was one-sided, I'm talking John Cena, Brock Lesnar, one-sided this, which it will not be again for the record. I still think Randy would still be, you know, no no worse for wear. I just think Brock, whether he sells his drug test 10 times or not, I don't care. He's still, his name is still Brock Lesnar. He's still going to be a huge gate attraction. Regardless, I mean, wrestling fans don't care if somebody fails a drug test. I'm sorry. I don't care if somebody, I'd, I'd, I'd rather than not, but, um, me knowing a little bit more about how, how steroids work and things of that nature, what Brock took was a freaking joke, no offense, to, to, to what he got, got in trouble for. Um, what he took does absolutely nothing to, to, to help you perform better, does absolutely nothing to help you be a better fighter. It does nothing at all for that. If he got popped for, like, say, let's say testosterone, yeah. then, oh, my God, yeah, he's cheating. You know, but that, that's not the case here. He, you know, so I don't know. I just think that there's too much money in Brock. Um, he's too, too big of an attraction. He needs, I mean, obviously Randy would need to win more so than Brock would, but I don't think it hurts Randy by losing any here either, though. Yeah, I, mean, I think it, there'll be a really nice teased false finish is what I'm predicting is the best it will get. So, so what? yeah, what is your prediction for the outcome? Brock Lesnar for sure wins this match, but there'll be one hell of a false in there with, with, with the RKO uh, for yeah. sure, where it really looks incredibly believable that Brock, you know, Brock's going to lose. Got it. Yep. Very, very good. All right. I want to get a quick word in for our, uh, one of our sponsors, and that is fanessentials.net. All right. We are back. Thanks for uh, joining us today here at pwtorchlivecast.com. Let's uh, get back to Matt Morgan, my guest on today's program. Uh, Matt, on, on a personal note, how is retirement uh, from the in-ring uh, 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 part of your life uh, treating you? Uh, do you? Do you miss it? Do you uh, watch shows and say, man, you know, I, I, wa- I, want, I want that feeling again? Or have you uh, looked at that as a chapter of your life that was great and you're very content moving on to what you're doing now? It's a good question. Um- Sometimes it, you know, it definitely creeps back, you know, when you watch the shows. Um, but, but, you know, a very big, but I, I also enjoy sitting there watching it with my, you know, almost three-year-old, you know, I, I really enjoy the, the entertainment aspect of this and I, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. I'm still able to, 
uh, zap myself back into being, you know, a full-time fan again, you know, versus, you know, knowing how the inner workings of the business go can somehow, you know, take away from being entertained at, at times because you're, you're overanalyzing a little bit and you're really looking a little bit far past the, the suspension of disbelief more than you should. Um, so I'm luck, very lucky I'm able to still do that. And I'm very entertained. I love what WWE has become. I love the newer guys. I love the new era. I love a lot of, of, of everything they're doing right now. Um, they're definitely uh, setting their table properly, finally. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's uh, let, let's go to a caller here. Uh, by the way, if you're on hold and you haven't pushed one on your touchstone phone, you will not enter the caller queue. So if you've called us at 646-721-9828, be sure to push one on your touchstone phone if you want to participate. Let's go to air code 864-864. Thanks for uh, calling. What have you got? Or First, state your name and where you're calling from. Corbin from Lakeland, Florida. Hey, Corbin. Thanks for calling. You're on with Matt Morgan. 
thanks for taking my call. I'm a first-timer. Uh, I really um, appreciate you calling. Sure. Thanks. Um, my question, Matt, is um, about Dean, Dean Ambrose. Like, what is your opinion of him? Do you think, like, he has what it takes to be the guy, like, if he's booked correctly and stepped up and everything like that? I know he's definitely been the subject of a lot of discussion lately. Yeah, uh, I don't physically looking at him. I, I just have a. I just got done saying how I like the new era guys, right? I, I totally do. Um, I like the younger talent. I understand that the majority of them are quote unquote considered undersized versus the stars of yesterday, um, to a degree. Dean, he doesn't have much muscle on him. He, he doesn't stick out like when he if he walks into a room, okay. I don't think a, a six-year-old's going to get him confused with a fighter or, or a wrestler anytime soon, right? If they don't watch wrestling, let's say. Um, right. But that said, I, I think he's one of my favorites to watch, ironically, because of his promos, because of his character, because he just flows and he's all over the place. Uh, I loved his podcast with Stone Cold. I loved how honest he was. Um, there was a couple times it got uncomfortable. Um, and I like that, that he's true to himself. Um, I, I think if more people could do that, the better the WWE would be. Um, but that takes knowing who you are. You know, it really does. And he definitely does know that. And I think he's still growing. And um, I'm just, I'm very entertained by a little bit of his innovativeness in the ring for sure. But um, like what he wears to the ring and stuff like that, I'm not exactly enthralled with. But uh, I don't know. I'm I kind of, I'm kind of like 50-50, you know. I really love his promos, love his persona. Uh, his character, but um, you know the physical aspect of it. I'm just yeah, a little bit more to, to a little bit to be desired. You, you know, you say you like you know, him. You're a heavyweight champion of the world. You know. Yeah, well, when he debuted in the Shield, he was kind of covered up his physique and didn't. Uh, and and then because I don't think he had a WWE uh, look to him at that point. And I thought he's gotten himself into phenomenal shape, but not the type of of uh, shape when you look at somebody like uh, Brock Lesnar. And, and think, oh, well, he can compete against him. That's where, you know, the sales pitch for Dean was to be really scrappy and, and innovative and use those weapons. What, Matt, did you think of Dean in that interview calling Brock Lesnar lazy? And and maybe speak... Lazy. Yeah, and maybe maybe speak to an example of... And you could have been on either side of this conversation where there's a match coming up. It's a big match. It's TV, pay-per-view, or even maybe it's just a house show or a spot show. But where two wrestlers one very senior and higher paid than the other perhaps had a different idea of what to do yeah. in a match and how uncomfortable does that get because Dean certainly made it sound like he still carried around some resentment that Brock didn't want to do more things that he had in mind that he was excited to try oh god I mean how much time do you have I mean that, that's <laughs> happened so frequent yeah that, that, that happens all the time um and it's generally with the guys that are a lot older than what Brock is right now it's usually the guys like you're doing, let's say you're doing an indie show and it'll happen on that. It'll happen. I mean, the WWE, when I was there, it, I was lucky to work with guys that wanted to always work, including Brock. Brock really wanted to work. Um, but that was a different time. You know, he's this humongous, he was a star then, but he's even bigger of a star obviously today. And, uh, I mean, I could see not wanting to do much just because he doesn't have to do all that much, you know? What's really there to, to, to discuss out there? I'm going to suplex you 55 times. I'm going to be in the end of the and throw you all over the place. I'm going to give you some shine in here. I'm going to give you a little bit of a comeback here. There's not really much to discuss. 
I can see that side. But then you look at it from Dean's, you know, perspective, like I want to be the guy around here. In order for me to be the guy, I've got to turn out a top flight match. Here's my opportunity at Wrestle Freaking Mania versus Brock Lesnar when no one's giving me a shake a fair shake in this. You know? So he wants to go out there and absolutely light it on fire, which I totally respect and admire. Um that's a tough spot to be in because all you can do is go to the office with that. Whether you look like a stooge or not, so be it. That's your job and your livelihood on the line. And you're now associated with that match. If that, if they turned in a match that sucked, you, you can't even imagine how pissed off Dean would have been and how hurt and, and frustrated that would have been knowing that I didn't even have a say in this. You know, I try to go out there and do all these different things. He doesn't want to do anything out there. I tried to do stuff with him. I tried to work through it. I came to you guys with it. None of you did anything about it. What am I supposed to do here? Meanwhile, let's say it doesn't happen where he becomes a champion now, and they go back to a Roman or Seth again, and now he's back down the middle of the card again, toward the upper end of it, but still. you know. So he's very lucky they were able to turn out somewhat of a good match that they did All 10 you know, with, with dealing with that. Yeah, yeah, but it could have been a lot worse. Um I mean, that's a shame to hear that, you know, because the Brock that I worked with was not like that. He wanted to do a lot. In fact, he was only, he, he would teach as he was doing it. Like we'd be in the middle of matches, and he'd be sitting in the middle of the heat, getting heat on Bob Holly, and telling me, this is why I'm doing this. This is how you do this. Wow. And, you know, things like that. He's like, do you see me coming off my feet? Fuck no. You know, excuse my language. You know, because I, I would come off my feet trying to, you know, give the, the, the baby face some type of shine out there because we had such a massive team. Nobody was coming off their damn feet, and, and I thought I felt the crowd needed to see that. Yeah, at, at, at the absolute apex of a babyface's comeback, you know. But well, you know, so my point is, he was extremely passionate. So I don't know what happened. Uh, is there another example that comes to mind where maybe in TNA uh, somebody came up to you? Uh, to work out a match, and the circumstances of you—is uh, it—is it uncomfortable or just sort of common to turn down ideas that somebody else brings to the table for what to do in a match? I mean, uh, to me, it's sort of like if you go to a restaurant and you pick out one appetizer and one meal, the chef doesn't resent you for not picking out all the other ones he loves making. It's your choice, uh, you know. Like, so if a guy comes to you with a bunch of ideas, I would think. Well, hey, those are some good ideas. Here's here's one that I like, and a few others I don't think work for me. Is that uncomfortable, or does it just vary from opponent to opponent? And do you have an example where you maybe compromised too much, or felt like maybe you didn't compromise enough in a specific uh, match planning session? Good question. Um, I, I've always was told, you know, the, the Scott Hall logic of if you're just going to say no to things blatantly, you better have a you know a different idea then. You better have a better one yeah. or one's just as good that gets us to the same finish anyway. You can't just you can't just do you know, say no or I'm not gonna do that or what it sounded like Dean was going through. Um when I was wrestling, no you gotta remember the size of me. No not many people would say that to me. Yeah. Um I, I you know, I, I generally was able to if there was something really big that I wanted to do, you know, I'd go and talk to the guy about it. Everyone was always pretty cool with me about things. And the other aspect of it was if there were things that they wanted to do, you know, so once in a while, you know, you'd have to say no to it because it would affect the character that you're trying to portray out there. For me, I'm a giant. So, you know, after I got enough experience on my own, I finally, you know, I started to realize it was important to not save your bumps, but to make them mean more and not just come off your feet for no reason. And so there's, there's, there's younger guys that didn't necessarily understand that at first. So it's a double-edged sword because you, you, you can easily be perceived as easy as lazy. 
because you don't want to come off your feet. And it's like, no, you idiot. Coming off my feet would be a thousand times easier. It'd be a million times easier for me to bump and feed for you versus it just would. It's just a physical act that takes very, you know, very little athleticism. I could do that all day in my sleep. The hard part is trying to create the, the proper comeback for you, giving the, the, the crowd an opportunity to get behind you, to give you that, that, that fire, you know, the, the look of having fire, you know, in your fists at the moment and me registering a little more and more and more. That takes a way more work to do. Um, but a lot of times guys don't understand that. And they just want to say that you're being lazy, a big, lazy guy. Um, when in reality, you're not, you're just trying to be, you're, you're actually trying to make it mean more for them. And they just don't understand it yet because they're young, you know, but in again, different case than what Dean's going through. Yeah. What it sounded like. Yeah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PWTorch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Um, I do just want to sort of breaking news. Um, Eva Marie has a new excuse, Matt Morgan, not to wrestle um, any scheduled matches she had in the next 30 days because she has been suspended for a violation of talent wellness policy. Who? Eva Marie. What did she get in trouble for? Did well, it say? WWE it doesn't doesn't reveal that. That's up to the up to the talent. Uh. So uh, yeah, thirty days of. Uh, I, I doubt they'll do her ring entrance and then have the ma- have the announcer go. Eva Marie cannot be here because she has been suspended for a wellness violation. Although that I would pop for. I gotta say. That's yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I can imagine. Um, I want to go back to Corbin. I think he's still on hold. Our first time caller to see if he has any, any follow up on our discussion, both on Dean specifically and yeah. the broader topics we brought up. Uh, Baron, uh, Corbin, are you there? I almost called you Baron. Yeah, I'm still here. Yes. Baron Corbin, yeah, yeah. It's weird sometimes when you call him by your last, his last name. It's like Corbin did this, Corbin did that. Anyway, no, um, it's uh, no, that that covered it pretty well. I, I've heard you talk about like people like Rey Mysterio. I've been listening to some of the ten years ago audio about how booking him in a way where it's just like, yeah, he's small, but he's he's quick. He's just you know, da 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 da. You know, he. Like, you know, like you were saying with Finn Balor, sorry if I'm all over the place, but um, I don't know if there's a, a good way to do that. Like, because you were, Matt, you were saying how Dean, like, how he looks and how, you know, he's crazy, zany, and he can get a chair or anything, but what happens when you can't use a chair? <laughs> right, right. And, and, and that's up to WWE and how they book him. That's a, that's also a big part of it as well. If you're going to put him in the ring with Brock Lesnar, I mean, nobody's going to see the picture of those two, you know, on the television yeah. screen and go, okay, this guy has a chance. But to make it, you know, anything goes match, that's really all you can do to to, yeah. to, to help create the perception he has a chance. But I don't know. I hope that they find a way around. I like them, you know, and I'm hoping that yeah, maybe they too. find a way around that. But anyway, thank you for taking my call. and been good. Sounds good, Corbin. Oh, good thanks for calling. Again. We appreciate that. Oh, it's good to have a first time. Call. All right, we'll do. Uh, Matt, just a real quick thing yeah. before we go to more calls. I got people lining up on the phone banks now. I think they 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 are like, hey, this Matt guy's pretty smart. Let's call and ask him a question. Um, the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Ambrose interview. Um, Colin Lesnar lazy was interesting. I thought he got a little lippy with Steve yep. Austin. Um, you said, oh, I like that the guy was himself. You know, there's. I, f- I hear this, and, and I sound like Vince McMahon when I say this, like when he's like, damn millennials, uh, when he talks about his locker room. But I, 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 I am getting old enough where I feel like I can say this. There are, I, I, th- I think it's younger people emailing me going, you know, my job in life is just to be myself. And if I, as long as I be myself, I'm true to myself, then everybody else should adjust to what I believe is appropriate for the circumstance and make sure that... You know, like, I think when you are sitting opposite of Steve Austin and he's asking you a question about something you've talked about in other interviews and you look at him and go, where'd you hear that? The Internet? This isn't some morning DJ uh, interning who's being a mark and asking you stupid personal questions. It's Steve Austin. He's produced by WWE on these things. You know, there's topics uh, decided ahead of time to guide. Every- Same thing with JBL. I mean, that's the way WWE works on these things. For I, I thought he was kind of lippy. I thought that he was disrespectful. And I didn't see him as, oh, let's admire Dean for being himself. I thought I didn't admire him mm-hmm. because he was being kind of a dick. Well, mine was more about definitely not talking back to Steve, Bobby, yeah. because it was disrespectful to a degree. But it will work, unfortunately. 
it's going to work for him. As horrible as that sounds, yeah. as much as I may disagree with it, it will work for him with these millennials and if you want to call them that or these younger fans that I don't want to say that feel they're entitled, but that here's the thing. The other thing I don't like, I don't like when people go on there and absolutely sweat Steve overly too much. You can tell he doesn't want it either. Right. He wants to do his interview and do the best job he can and have these guys quit quote unquote, you know, giving them BJ's left and right versus, you know, doing the damn interview and, and, I, and do what he's asking you, you, the questions he's asking you. I would so it's like a, it's like, it's like a middle ground. That's that, the that thing. And I, be. I, you I can't think, be whippy. I, but Matt, I think the middle ground is vast. I don't think this is a hard tightrope to walk. That That's my point is you can, I I mean, agree. Like, you know, I thought that Dean, and there's a lot that I liked about the Dean Ambrose promo. And there's a lot that I, I, I agree with you in terms of the, you know, I, I, I complain too much about wrestlers, uh, you know, I just think, you know, my, my motto is, what would Stan Hansen do? That's my mantra when I watch wrestlers. Like, if Stephanie McMahon lips off to a wrestler, and their character isn't some, some powering rookie, but an actual main event talent like a Randy Orton, and she starts lecturing him, or, uh, uh, or Shane McMahon did it a couple weeks back to Randy, after Randy ran in on, on, on Lesnar, and Shane, and Shane talked to him like he was some 13-year-old Little League player. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get it? And I was like, yeah. um, excuse me, but if, Stan, yeah. if you said that, to, and Stan's just one guy, but if you said that to Stan Hansen, I don't care what's in the script or what the ramifications are, Stan would know that would hurt his character, and he'd probably slap you upside the head and, uh, and then, you know, deal with the lawyer fees. Um, so my, so I, I admire that independent spirit, that outlaw spirit that Dean has. I do, and I think there's a way to channel it. But saying without thinking in the role that he's in as a ba- lead babyface, oh, you know, as a kid, I just thought, what, why do teachers want me to go to school so I can have a dumb job like theirs? And he sort of disavowed it afterwards. Yeah. He was young and stupid. But yeah. there were too many instances like that where I thought Dean revealed too much about himself without the maturity to understand that in the role he's in as a lead babyface representing sure. WWE, he's got to edit some of that stuff he's so proud of that makes him so unique and, and chill, as he said three, four, five times in the interview. You know, show up like you didn't look just get woken up from a nap. And, and for the first five minutes, it looked like he was still waking up from a nap. So again, it I have mixed feelings like on the interview, but I definitely thought it was it was revealing in mostly bad ways about Dean. Here, well, here's the thing you need to remember, though, that he's the champ. He he is not. They didn't make him the champion so they can change him. I, I hope you know that they didn't make him champion so they can be so he can be like every single cookie cut, squeaky clean. I yay for the kids. I give the charity. I do all this other stuff. There's no way that they thought that by making him champion, right? They understood. I'm hoping that they understood that there was a huge risk in making him champion because he is so blunt. He is so you can call it whatever you want. I, I think he's honest. Um, it's disrespectful at times, like we saw. Like there was a lot of cringing moments where I was like, "Dude, that's are you kidding me? That guy's like, why you have a job?" And I know he knows that. Yeah, I know he knows that. Um, but like, yeah, what'd you find on the internet that was disrespectful as hell? And there were some other things he did on there that was disrespectful as hell. Um, but the the thing that I did like was was the fact that he what he said about Brock, there's he Brock would eat him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, regurgitate him, and do it all over again. Um, and he still said it, you know. So no. that's what I'm saying when I say I respect what he said because there's an ass whipping in there. I here's another. There definitely is an ass whipping in there. Here, here's another thing that I didn't like about the interview with Dean, um, and I'm kind of pointing them out just to kind of balance out some of the positive things that you're saying that I also agree with. 
I did like mm-hmm. when he, at sitting in front of the WWE Championship title, because Roddy Piper would have never said what Dean said, which is it's, it's, uh, it's a real adrenaline rush being in the ring with someone who you know can snap you in half if they decide to. Like, Dean is the world champion, and the narrative of that, of that role is that you're the baddest guy on that roster. And he held his own for 10 minutes with Brock, and I think he should do what Roddy Piper did, which is protect the idea that don't judge a book by the cover. I'm street tough. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, 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 canny. I, I am, uh, I'm quick. I'm going to outmaneuver and outwit somebody who can just stand around and think he can outpower me. I want Dean to tell me that story when he's the champion. If he's a mid-card guy, then you can be self-deprecating. I, I think there's not – I mean, wait. If me and you were in the same room and we were talking, I would hope, I would hope to God you would be able to admit that if I to my, left to my devices, I could pull you your, your, your apart limb by limb. Right. That said, if we're in a program together and you're the world champion – while that's the possibility, you're also going to talk about how like you can do all these other things and you fight dirty and yeah. they shut my eyeball out if, I, if I'm within a you know whatever have you. Um, I get that from Dean already without him having to say that. I mean, I didn't have a problem with that. I, I didn't. I, 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 I'm not the biggest Dean fan. Don't get me wrong, but um, it was it was a different tone in that interview. It was uncomfortable a lot, and I don't know. I just think the more the uncomfortability there can be at times the better it is because we, I mean, look at the way the business has been going with everybody having these cooked up answers um, and, and the cooked up perceptions they want people to have of them. I mean, Dean definitely buried himself here and there for sure, but I don't think he's supposed to be the clean cut baby face champion either. I think he is supposed to be this X, you know, lifestyle X type champion or, or very different type of person altogether. Um, and don't bastardize your own character to give them that, you know, when you started talking about, I hate to say this, like the charity stuff, I was like, dude, that's not your wheelhouse. Stay out of it. You just got done saying you don't respect (laughs) teachers. You stay out of that. Stay. If you're going to be this black, you know, if we're talking like a black and white colors of black and white with no gray, and he's going full in black, if you will stay there. You know, yeah. stay there. Don't, don't be coming back. <laughs> and I guess that's what it comes down to with me is, you know, on both ends of the spectrum, I think there's a lane that he should be in. And it should be, I'm my own guy. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. But I'm also professional mm-hmm. and respectful of Steve Austin. I'm uh, going to not admit that mm-hmm. or I'm not going to draw undue attention to the fact that I'm nothing in the ring with Brock Lesnar unless it's scripted and he's being nice to me. And... Uh, you know, and, and at the same time, yeah, don't be Dean Ambrose who loves to bring smiles to kids. You know, like I, Dean, I was disappointed at the end too, that Dean said that in the end he learned it is about, uh, it is all about bringing smiles to people's faces. Cause what I want Dean to say is it's all about beating people up in the ring to get rich and win championships. That's what I want Dean's character yeah. to say. I don't want wrestlers to say it's all about yeah. smiles. Re- Stan Hansen would have never said, and again, I, I'm, saying Stan as, as, as just one of many examples, but when you're kind of that outlaw character, you shouldn't be talking about, yeah, you love to do the corporate stuff too. So part of this is just the whole WWE narrative no. when it's, it's kind of messed up, and I don't think anybody has a real clear idea of how they're supposed to carry themselves on the Stone Cold podcast. Like, are you in character? Are you out? Is it a bad show if you stay in character? Or, or not? Um, you know, Robbie E. was on this show, and he, uh, several years back, uh, when he, you know, he was working for TNA at the time, and he started in character, 
and it was really uncomfortable. He just apparently didn't know what the show was about, and it didn't. I mean, it's just I don't know how you don't, but he didn't. You know, they didn't tell him. He didn't listen, and he's in character thing. And this is some morning DJ show where it's like, yeah, hey, I'm going to be all zany, and it was uncomfortable. And you could tell he was uncomfortable. Oh, God. And it's never, it's just never happened. So I never feel the need to tell somebody ahead of time. But when I worked through TNA, I sort of thought their PR department would say, Hey, do you know how the, what the show's all about? And they didn't. So Vince McMahon wasn't there a, a week ago Monday. But it seems like there should be somebody there kind of guiding the wrestlers on kind of here's the parameters of this narrative structure. Stay in character in this way. Break out of it this way. But it doesn't seem like that's there. So they just sent such a mixed message. But I'm kind of – you yeah. talked a lot about this interview this last week because I think it brings a lot of it. – it was fascinating. I mean, I, it, it was a lot more interesting than most it was. for good and bad reasons. Um, let's. I got to go to my right. bottom, bottom of the hour break, Matt. When we come back, we'll uh, start taking some more calls. Mm-hmm. And if you want to follow up on anything we said, right. certainly uh, you can do that too. But I got to sneak this break in. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Apple Podcast compatibility. New with PW Torch VIP Podcasts in 2021. If you're an iPhone user and you want a simple way to access our full VIP Podcast library as new podcasts come out every day, we have good news. New in 2021, single-click compatibility with Apple Podcasts' native app on iPhone, CarPlay, your iMac, or your MacBook Pro laptop. Now, as soon as you sign up and become a VIP member, there's a single-click link in your sign-up email that will launch PW Torch's VIP podcast in Apple Podcasts. No username, no password to enter. It's as simple as it gets. Go VIP, find out more information on all the benefits that come with the VIP membership at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. And now we not only accept payments through PayPal, but also a direct credit card or debit card sign-up, and also through Patreon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Matt Morgan is my guest, one of our favorite guests uh, on the PW Torch Livecast, talking about the current wrestling scene. If you've enjoyed this interview so far, I really encourage you to go into our archives over at pwtorchlivecast.com. Click on the interviews category. And uh, earlier this year, Matt, you had some really good insights on Roman Reigns and what he has been doing to try to get himself uh, over with the crowd and adjust his style. And, and as a big, a bigger wrestler fighting smaller wrestlers, there were some great insights that you had on that. And um, that's just one of many reasons people should go check out the uh, previous shows you've done this year with us. Let's, uh, let's not spend any more time uh, bef- uh, talking about other topics before we bring in another caller or two. Uh, let's go back to 478, uh, area code 478. Uh, please state your name and where you're calling from. Chris from Georgia. Hey, Chris, thanks for calling. What have you got for Matt? I actually was going to ask you guys about the uh, Cruiserweight Classic. I was like, who's going to win this thing? Because the thing is, Abushi's doing great, but we know his contractual obligations are kind of divided between Japan and here. So I was trying to see um, who you think is going to win this thing. Um, that's a good question. You point. know what? I, I yeah. don't... No, no, Matt. I was just saying, it's a good question. Um, there's some good, good contenders in there. Matt, who do you think stands out? Well, for... French, you know, because he's my friend, I'd like to see, you know, Brian get another chance. You know, another, uh, Brian Kendrick get a, you know, a legitimate opportunity with WWE um, now that they're giving smaller guys a chance finally. Like, he would have fit in perfectly um, with what their, their their new mantra is, if you will, that, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be seven feet, 300 pounds in order to get a job here anymore and become a star. Yeah. Um, he would have been awesome, you know. So I, I just for private reasons, I like to see Brian get an opportunity. But um, I don't think not having a contract with WWE or you know, or him still being with New Japan, I don't think that's going to that would stop WWE from booking him to winning this. To be honest with you, I really don't. I think it's that much of a. I think Hunter's done a good enough job of giving credit finally to these other you know organizations out there. They're on a smaller. They're, they're on a. They're on a smaller, smaller playing field. I think they're finally comfortable in knowing that and not worrying about giving other companies, you know, publicity or credit, if you will, simply because one of their guys wins the Cruiserweight Classic, you know. WWE is the one that still makes, you know, more headways with that than anybody else. Well, so I don't think it'll, I don't, I don't think it will stop by Bushi. If they want him to win and he's booked to win, I don't think that changes that, I don't. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, and uh, Brian Kendrick... Uh, last night uh, against Tony Nese, having a, a critically acclaimed match going uh, nearly 14 minutes. James Caldwell over at PWTorch.com gave it four stars, said this was brilliant, absolutely terrific from the opening to the ending. Uh, really good story being told. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't take Brian Kendrick real seriously as a contender going into the tournament, Matt, but it's it's looking like, I mean, I, I'm not looking at spoilers. I don't want to know spoilers on the tournament. So, um, but but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out Kendrick as a possible winner, uh, or at least making it to the finals as perhaps an unexpected, uh, unexpected finalist. And right now, it's going to be Ibushi against Kendrick in the, uh, I guess, the quarterfinals of the tournament. So that match is coming up uh, soon, and it's going to be one or the other. So uh, my hunch is Ibushi will get past him. But yeah, Matt, I wouldn't rule that out, and I, would, I think that'd be a, a feel-good win for him. 
It, it absolutely would. I mean, what a great story, you know. He's 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 done he's been very giving to this business behind the scenes. I was happy to see him get a little bit of credit finally. Um, you know, with working with granted, it was you know with uh, what was her name, Eva Eva Marie, you know, on Divas on the Diva Show. Still, um, Brian worked very hard at this craft, and he's very very talented. He, and he he'd, he'd be great to have in that locker room. He'd be fantastic for those guys to have. Uh, Chris, do you have uh, one or two people you'd like to see win at this point who are still in the tournament? Uh, let's see. Johnny Gargano. I like him. Yeah. Um, let's see. The, well, Ibushi was my top because he's phenomenal. But um, the uh, Tony Nese, I really did like him. Actually, he fits the build of what they kind of look for. He's like a nice package of speed, agility, muscle. Like, you know, at okay, this point he didn't win, but, like, you yeah. know, he would be a good fit for me. You know. Yep, well, very good. Appreciate the call. I love talking Cruiserweight Classic. Hopefully we can uh, talk about it more, uh, especially on the Wednesday shows um, when we're not so focused on Raw and SmackDown 2 coming up. By the way, next uh, Thursday on Interview Thursday, Sean Waltman uh, scheduled to be my guest at 1 Eastern. Uh, so uh, join us there. Another one of my favorite uh, recurring guests over the years. And uh, I talked about it yesterday that I interviewed. I think it was his first ever public interview on my uh, KFAN radio show, Back in 1991, um, is is in the PW Torch VIP audio archives, and uh, it is a different Sean Waltman than than now in terms of his his uh, his public speaking uh, comfort level. It was, it's pretty funny um, listening back to that. But I've done some really good Torch talks with him over the years uh, that were transcribed in the Torch newsletter. Some really remarkable ones. And now he is just a great great podcast guest and uh, great podcast host also. All right, well, let's go to another phone call. Uh, I'm joined by Matt Morgan here on Interview Thursday on PW Torch Livecast. Uh, PWTorchLivecast.com is where you find our shows. Let's go to uh, 773. 773, state your name and where you're calling from. Boris from Chicago. Hey, hey Boris, what is your question for Matt? Oh, I'm going to start saying, I think this probably one, might be one of, the, one of the greatest years or months possible for us with wrestling with the G1 tournament just ending, which I'm still watching, and with the Cruiserweight Classic, which I'm not able to see right now because I don't have a network, but I'll find a way to check it out anyway. And everything else happened with the with the Broken Mac Hardy and stuff like that. You know, I think it's good, and then we got to get to, of course, the, the, um, the downside. With the brand split, my first question is, how did we get back to the main event of Roman Reigns in the main event of Raw? And John Cena in the main event of SmackDown. Is this what is this a big plan to still keep these dudes on top? That's my first question. What's your second question? And then we'll throw it to Matt. Um, did he did um did he see the broken Matt Hardy thing that went viral? Oh yeah, I was going to ask my that anyway. Question. Did he see and how? What do you think of it? Yeah, okay. cool. Oh, excellent. Good, okay. good topics. Yeah. Great minds think alike, Boris. Great minds think alike. Um, uh, yeah, so Matt, um, what do you think? You can talk about Broken Matt Hardy first or the prospect of Reigns and Cena ending up on top again. Uh, you know what's funny? Until he said that, I didn't really pick up on, obviously it was the main event of the night, um, between uh, him and Rusev, uh, Reigns and Rusev, but I didn't take it in any way, sense, or form that, uh-oh, he's the, oh, they're going back to him again. Good Lord. You know, I didn't get that vibe. Um, I'm I'm actually happy with what they're doing with Reigns at the moment. They they, they you know he uh, he he's taking a chill pill, uh, you know, booking wise, if you will, and they're having him work against a legitimate heel who actually goes out there and gets the he gets a ton of heat. He tries his butt off to get heat, 
you can, and he's a good worker in that ring. Um, but I didn't get the sense that, okay, it's back to, you know, Cena and, you know, Reigns back on top again. You know, if I saw it, if I saw Reigns in the, in the main event, you know, with some Stephanie McMahon type promo or, you know, to, to close the show, or it was, you know, for the title or something like that. And they made it a three way. Oh, then yeah, I'd be rolling my eyes right with you, brother. Um, but, Nonetheless, I think this is exactly what Reigns needs. This is what the WWE, I've been begging them to do, which is not book him backwards, but bring him down a a peg, if you will. Not because he did anything wrong, but because it's hurting him by shoving him down people's throats. If we put him down a peg, we take that perception off a little bit, but apparently not because you just picked up on it. Um, You know, that, that, that was my thought process, though. You know, U.S. title level, intercontinental title level, but... The next step they need to drastically take, I thought, with him was to let him be a heel. He still has the whole side of the business he needs to learn on a singles aspect, you know, for, for being a wrestler. He did it with the, with, the, with the shield, but he did not do it on his own yet. And I think that's when he's really going to hit the ground running. And when he comes back as a babyface after that, he, I'm telling you, everyone's going to be impressed with him. I don't know him from Adam. I have no reason to put him over. <laughs> but that's just my opinion. And, and can I just throw this out there real quick and yeah. see what you guys think of this? Yeah. If you didn't know, if we didn't know Rusev's name and we didn't know Roman Reigns' name, right? We don't know anything about the two. And we saw those two go out there and work the other night. Would you not agree that Rusev is just as good, just as talented, just as good of a hand in that ring as far as his character, his ability in the ring? I, I think Rusev is severely underrated. Well, I, I, I'll defend myself. I don't underrate him. I, I think he's one of the better big man workers to come along in years for WWE. I, I think he's phenomenal. He was a guy oh, who was great. having, right after the Shield broke up, he was having really good house show matches uh, with Roman Reigns. And it was, people were saying, you know, is, is Roman this good or is it Rusev? And, and Rusev went on match after match. He's a smart, he's a smart, savvy worker in that ring. I thought Monday's match, and I know different people have disagree, you know, have d- different viewpoints on that match. I thought that was a good match on Monday. I thought it told a, a good story. It, was. A it go- was. Yeah. Like, if Roman was over like Kerry Von Erich in 1983, that would have been uh, considered a great match. It, it just does come down to Roman not quite um, connecting yet with his personality as a babyface with the crowd. There's still something there uh, that just isn't connecting. That that he may or may not work out before having a heel run. But my God, just I, I thought structurally and and the way that that match was built, I thought it was really smart. And a spinning wheel kick, perfectly placed yes. against the perfect opponent. Yep. That's a great example of a big guy not just whipping stuff out to yell, "Did I look what I can do?" This it made perfect sense. And the other thing I wanted to say is. Number one, did you did you hear the reaction Roman got coming out? He got a good pop at the very beginning when he no, first came out at the Matt, beginning of the night. Matt, there is then, a conspiracy video on YouTube that that uh, is linking that crowd noise to other I, shows and that it's been piped in. Ugh. Well, how about <laughs> that? I was going to say he killed, the guy killed his own heat because here you have you have Rusev who automatically gets you know uh, uh, anti USA heat right automatically. And as cliche as we may think it is, I don't care. Roman needs everything he can get right now. And here comes the crowd now chanting USA during the middle of his promo. As he's running down a, a very uh, attractive female, might I add, which I think is stupid and senseless. Yep. And only The Rock can get away with making fun of Lana and having the crowd turn on her. Everybody else is with Lana. I hate to break the news. I agree women. with you. Um, that, that, that said, here comes the USA chants. And what does he do? He stepped on it. He stepped on his own pump and, and cut the USA chance off. 
This is the loudest they were going to be for him all night. So this is what I'm talking about. They need to make him be a heel so he can get comfortable finally. Um, and Broken Matt Hardy, I love it. I, think, I thought at first I did not like it. I could stand it. I thought it was weird. But um, I, I, I give them credit for trying new things. I thought it was very, very out there. Um, I watched it a few times, and every time I watch it, I laugh a little harder. So I'm very entertained by it for what it's worth. I think he's really delved deep into this character, and I'll give him credit for it. And it's entertaining as hell. You can't tell me it's not entertaining one way or the other. It's entertaining. Um, that's really it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now through Patreon, you can get the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, with the ads and plugs removed and VIP after shows by supporting us on Patreon with a tier one membership for just $4.99 per month. You can also upgrade to get additional bonus content, including all the VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletters through Patreon. Check out details at patreon.com slash PW Torch VIP. That's patreon.com slash PW Torch VIP. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Um, the, uh, have you watched much NXT, Matt? Is that on your weekly agenda? Come on, that's like one of the number one favorite show, yeah. Yeah, good. Well, that's what I'm just establishing it. Because um, we got an email question about this from Wayne from Toronto. He says, I've been watching wrestling for almost 35 years, and let me just say, the interview on NXT with Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura may have been the best thing I've seen in many years. Um, I was wondering what you think. No, I haven't, wow. seen, last, I haven't seen last night's show yet, um, but I thought last week's confrontation where Shinsuke... Uh, 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 honked Joe's nose as Joe was being held back by security and he was fuming mad and frothing at the mouth and then uh, 
Um, and Shinsuke was doing all his bo- you know, body gyrations and taunting Joe. I loved that. Um, I, I just I really like yeah. the hype for that. And so I'm, I'm going to be watching NXT later today. So I'll, I'll be able to comment on that on the Wade Keller hotline um, leading into the show on Saturday night. But, yeah, uh, Matt, talk about uh, NXT TakeOver and the hype leading into it, specifically Joe Shinsuke. It was. It, let me tell you right now that it was a very much needed um, uh, promo that they that they that they aired on those two, um, because I know you said you liked the, the last week's you know interaction between Joe Joe being held back and you know Shinsky you know being funny and being charismatic as usual and honking Joe's nose when he did that with Joe's nose I, I for whatever rhyme or reason maybe because Joe's my buddy I don't know I didn't like it um, it very well be maybe if I didn't know Joe it, that changes it yeah. I've got to be honest my opinion. You know? Maybe part of me is going, what the freak? They're burying them. What are they doing? You know? So I don't know if my opinion on that is accurate or not. But my first initial reaction was literally that. What are they doing? Why are they letting him honk your freaking gorilla of a world champion, badass mf Why are they letting him clown him like that? You know, there's, I don't think Shinsky, Shinsky Nakamura needs any of that. He's extremely entertaining. He's extremely charismatic. I would have liked to have seen him be a little bit more, a little bit more serious. Not walking in the ring with a killer and being comfortable enough to do that, whether they're holding him back or not. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I just see Joe. I, I, I just always see Joe as a caged animal. Always. Yes. And he cannot be booked any less than that. No, it is. A, it's a, there's always a, a kind of a fork in the road uh, in big matches. When, in in terms of there's a couple good ways you can go, or there's a couple ways you can go with an angle. And you know, Shinsuke, I just don't know that. He's established enough as a strong style badass to where you want him to show fear to Joe. You know, you're still in that stage of, of building up his his credibility and his personality. And the crowd, I mean, they're Shinsuke's popular. The NXT crowd loves him. But there's part of the crowd that sees Joe as their yeah. guy and they love Joe. Um, and so I, I just yeah, I think the anticipation for that match is is really high. Almost I mean it's almost hard to screw it up. Um, you know, it's like people are debating should Finn Balor, have, uh, you know, had the, the, the Demon King debut before SummerSlam. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you could argue he shouldn't have uh, very convincingly, but he's too talented and the Demon King intro is too cool for them to ruin it based on debuting it too soon. If you think that's too soon, that's kind of how I feel about uh, Joe and Shinsuke. I liked what they did last Wednesday. I think you bring up a good point. There was another way to do that, to show a little more respect and have Shinsuke show a little fear. But that match on is, I think, gonna, I mean... I'm looking forward to Diaz, Conor McGregor. I might be looking forward to Joe Shinsuke more on Saturday night than that. You, you know what? I, 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 take, I, don't, I, don't, I hope I didn't say this, but I, I don't mean I, I didn't want Shinsuke to show fear at all. I just wanted him to take it a little bit more serious. Okay. Not being scared of Joe, yep. but, but of building up the hype more between two badass athletes at the top of their game right now. They're both at the apex of their prime. You know, they're both super over. It's like the super match, you know, it's finally happening. And I just, I didn't want to see that be the interaction was it become a little bit of hijinks and, you know, doing that kind of crap. His, his gyrations are fine. He could have done that all damn day long. I would have liked to have seen them hold him back too, though, from wanting to kick, get at Joe as well. Yeah. Well, and I think too, with, with uh, Shinsuke and his, what he was doing with Joe, I think part of what, why they were doing what they were doing could have been, that Shinsuke knows that Joe is a hothead. Mind games. Yeah, so let's get him Mind off games. his game. And if they tell that story, then maybe people think, well, Shinsuke's taking this match seriously. And in fact, part of 
taking it seriously is trying to get under Joe's skin so that he's rattled going into Saturday. And as long as the announcers do their job and tell that story, then, then I think you can make that work. Definitely. Yep. That's right. Yep. All right. I've got another good email question I want to get in on, on the program here. This comes from uh, Rich in Pittsburgh, Torch VIP member. Um, hey, Wade and Matt, I wanted to ask Matt a question inspired from the Stone Cold podcast last week. Steve interviewed Braun Strowman, and Braun said the best thing he learned from Matt Bloom was that a big man needs to tell a story to even hit the floor. My question for Matt is, how do you make that story varied enough so that fans don't get sick of seeing the sequence that leads to you hitting the floor? Okay, to come off his feet is what he meant. Um, it's simple. It, it's what I was talking about earlier. Um, when, when I would run into problems once in a while with a younger talent and a much smaller talent than me, would didn't really you know would look at me as being lazy because I didn't because their perception was I didn't want to come off my feet. But what I was trying to explain to him was there's a whole if if you're going to get over in this then that bump that I finally take at the end of the match or whatever it is it needs to mean something. So then you finally get over for it. This is an opportunity to give you something that you don't have in every match when you go out there. Okay, you're gonna, if you're gonna if, if I'm gonna come off my feet, it's got to mean something. You always hear that. Um, what people mean by that is it's got to build to a crescendo, meaning the match has got to start off where I'm, you know, where I look indestructible, if you will, and then finally, you know, we start to get the baby face starts getting me rocking, and I, and I'm kind of doing that Yokozuna, Yokozuna, you know, sell where my knees are starting to get a little bit wobbly, but maybe the rope saves me from finally coming off my feet, right? Yeah. Um, maybe I go to clothesline and me duck moves out of the way. I fly over the top rope, but guess what? I land on my feet on the outside as well. So I technically haven't come off my feet yet either, but the baby face still looks good because he did something to me offensively. It's, you got to be creative about it, and he's definitely right. That's what he's there for. That's what I was hired for. We're, we're, we're the... For lack of a better word, we, he he actually said it. He actually said this on his interview with the Stone Cold, and he's right. We're the bearded women. We're the bearded woman of the circus. We're the strong man of the circus. Um, that's our that's our act, you know. So that's what we got to bring to the table whenever we're in the ring, and it, and it can be repetitive. I understand that can be repetitive at times, but that's why it's going to mean like Brock Lesnar right now is a great example of that. When somebody beats beats Brock Lesnar, it's going to mean so damn much. You know, because yep. they've made him so, you know, incredibly impressive looking and monstrous looking and very rarely would come off his feet. And when he does, it means something, I guess, you know, so that, that's what I'm saying. A- absolutely. No, that makes sense. Um, uh, com- coming off of our conversation on uh, Reigns and Rusev, we got an email from Julius from Indianapolis. And he said, I, I thought on, on uh, the- uh, let me find my spot here. Uh, I thought they gave away a pay-per-view length match ahead of Sunday. Uh, the only explanation I could come to was that Rusev is going to retain on Sunday and that Reigns needed to be kept strong. Can you see any other good reasoning for their finish? Mm. I, I kind of agree with that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have uh, Rusev going over this Sunday somehow, though, you know? But, I mean, time will tell. I, I thought it was a little odd, odd booking at the end of that match. But it didn't, I mean, the match was great, I thought, though, for what it was worth. Um, but, yeah, it was a little screwy at the end there. But, you know, I still have Rusev winning this Sunday. You have Rusev winning? Yeah, I do. I think, I think, I don't think it's time for, I, I, do, I don't think it's time yet. I, I just don't. I, I, if, if, if I had Reigns winning, then I could see the match even being screwier the way the finish went with, you know, Reigns going over. But, at Raw, rather. You know, so yeah. I, I don't know. I just see Rusev winning this Sunday. I don't think it's the, it's the exact time yet. I could see them going both ways because it is Roman Reigns and they do love him. 
But um, I don't know if you want him to win twice still, in a row. You know, I mean, he took a beating from Rusev and still got the win. It's not a good message. Right. Yeah. It's not a good message. It's not. It's, it, it, people are going to be like, oh, come on. It's, what a tease this was. You finally b- moved him down at a roster slot, if you will, on the totem pole. And this dude's winning. Or, you know, no. The, the, people will crap on it. So I think he's still got to, you know, lose a couple. He's got to lose this match, unfortunately, to get more over, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. if they really want him to, to ride this babyface gravy train, he cannot win this Sunday, in my opinion. He just cannot. I agree. Hey guys, it's Mike McMahon from the All Elite After Show. Every week, Andrew Socek and I break down AEW on our free PW Torch podcast. We've been doing this show since 2016. That's right. We're on our fifth year. When we started the show back then, we were talking just Impact Wrestling, and we still talk about them from time to time as well. And over the years, we've branched out to also discuss MLW, and of course, the main event of our program, which is always the latest going on in AEW. Again, the show is called the All Elite After Show with me, Mike McMahon, and my partner, Andrew Socek. You can check us out as part of the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. You can subscribe to our show and all of the Daily Cast shows just by searching PW Torch on any podcast podcast app and of course you can listen ad free with a pw torch vip membership all right let's go to uh, one more caller here area code 609 you're on please state your name and where you're calling from Matt Morgan, how's it going? This is Demetrius from New Jersey. Hope you remember me, Matrix from New Jersey a couple of years ago. <laughs> hey, yeah, of course. What's up, buddy? And Matt, I'm like I've missed you the last couple of times you were on. I had well, then they moved the time slot, and I was at, at class. I didn't go till one o'clock, so I missed the. That went to one o'clock, so I couldn't get the call in. Um, but my my um, comment that I want to make today. Uh, I know earlier we were, and I know last two weeks ago we were talking about the size with Finn Balor. Um, talking about he's smaller. Some people kind of say he's maybe too small to be the be the guy. Now myself, I'm a small guy. I'm I'm a shorter guy. I'm about the same same size as Finn Balor. As I'm about I'm five nine, five ten in shoes, and probably about the, about the same build, not as shredded as Finn Balor's, of course. But, uh, Good Lord, Matrix. Hey, Matrix. Good Lord. What is your question, brother? Come on, man. You've got to come up with a good question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is why I love you, Matt. <laughs> um, well, my my point is, my comment really or this is, um, like, you know, people like Finn Balor are someone mm. who gives myself, who's on a shorter scale, right. More confidence, and you feel you feel like you know it. You know, is there? If he can do it, you can do it. Yeah, like we we get confidence. You know, people like a Finn Balor, a Daniel Bryan, and AJ Styles, Chris Benoit, and Ed Guerrero, right. all show. So I was like, I really like don't think judging person by their size should be a real issue. I mean, especially considering Finn Balor can work. Finn Balor can work. Yeah, like, I, I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't mean to cut you off. Matrix, I do yeah. not think it will be an issue at all. Um, I think he looks muscular. He, I know Wade will agree with this, too, because he has the same philosophy as I do, that a wrestler should look at least like an ass kicker. 
or a athlete of some sort. Mm. And he definitely looks athletic as hell to me. He's in great shape. He's got some muscle on him. Um, he's not overly muscled, which I like actually in this today's, today's day and age is what we know yeah. about having too much muscle and get injuries and things like that. I think he's quick as lightning. Um, his strikes, for what it's worth, are more hard hitting than mine were, and I'm ten times his size. <laughs> and I believe he, I believe in his kicks more than my punches any day of the week. Um, he he hits, he hits hard as hell, and I think that makes up for a, anybody's lack of size. Same with Daniel Bryan, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it, it's someone like him, you know, even in other sports like, you know, in basketball, like Steph, Steph Curry, who's not the tallest guy, but still is an MVP. I think it you can relate to people like that and feel like I can do that, too, or I can be I, like my point, style yeah. won't hold me down. Um, my other point is, is about um, Braun Strowman, who I actually do not mind. I mean, he's – but my question is, like, where do you guys think he will be in terms of, like, maybe the next year or so? Do you ever see him maybe reaching a main event level? I mean, he's not the worst big man I've ever seen in the ring. I mean, we've seen the great Collie. We've seen the giant Gonzalez who could not move for – could not work for anything. But with Braun Strowman, do you ever see him reaching the main event level, even so far as getting the title? I mean, I, I mean, I mean, Vince remember what elevating over him be so big, right? Yeah, the Matrix. Remember, remember what stage he's at right now. He's at the yeah right now. They, they hit the restock, the reset clock on him, and right now he's going through the phase that I did when they gave me that ridiculous stutter, stuttering character, and they, <laughs> they pushed me right out to shoot, going over on everybody I was in the ring with in these squash matches. It looks awesome. You look unstoppable. But for whatever yeah. rhyme or reason, they have an issue getting the big guy to the finish line, if you will, that main event to finish yeah. line. It, there's yeah. a reason why we haven't seen anybody besides Undertaker and Kane or Big Show as a perennial main eventer on that show. Um, they've let a lot of good big ones go over the years. I don't, I don't know what it is about it, but I just know what history tells me. And that's not a shot against Braun. Braun is, Braun is a special talent. He looks different. Yeah. He, he he works a little different. Um, he gives you a different feel of the show. I like it. Yeah. But um, that's I'm, we're talking about WWE's booking and trying to guess what they're going to do. And you never really can, um, you yeah. know. But as far as what they're doing with him now, you know, it's way too early to tell. Yeah. I mean, what I'm hoping that like he's not becoming the next Brodus Clay, you know, in the next year or something like that, where he's be like a dancing dinosaur, you know, things like that. that absolutely uh, can happen. That absolutely can happen. Uh, Demetrius, I feel like we should. I mean, it's always cool to see, see uh, like these larger guys kind of get. They like to have a different mix with short guys, big guys, tall guys, all of that. No, I, I like that, Demetrius. You call yeah, and right. you've, you've got. Uh, a question about Finn Balor and Braun Strowman. They're on two ends of the spectrum. They're both getting pushes right now. And I think it shows, Matt. I mean, people, you know, I mean, Conor McGregor's a huge draw. Ronda Rousey's a huge draw. And they're not the size of Brock Lesnar. And I think USC has opened some eyes in the wrestling industry to that. Vince McMahon, Matt, has always had a proclivity towards the larger wrestlers. But I, I think Demetrius in, is, is, has a point that, and I made this point on an audio show I did uh, last week. A lot of wrestling fans are not six foot five, and a lot of wrestling fans like wrestlers who are six five or seven feet tall. But the smaller wrestling, f- smaller below average size wrestling fans, wouldn't mind paying money to see somebody their size who excels at what they do. 
And, you know, the NBA doesn't require you to be 6'4 to play. They, they love Steve Nash. They love to have uh, smaller athletes be able to go out there and be in the mix with the Shaquille O'Neal uh, monsters. And so I, I like that Braun is getting these squash wins at the same time that Finn Balor comes in and immediately is shot to the top in a universal title match against uh, Seth Rollins. Matt, do you have a pick for Seth versus Finn Balor? That is such a tough one. For so many reasons, that's a tough question. Yeah. Um, because, okay, what they're doing with Finn, they're, they're shooting him out of the gun hard. I mean, a rocket doesn't do it justice, what they're doing with him, right? Making him a top pick in the draft. Um, immediately, he wins two matches, and he's in a main, you know, main event in SummerSlam, basically. But one of the main events... Um, going for the you know the universal title against Seth, I mean, so they have to keep it going. You can't just like have him do, you do all this and then he loses, you know. But the, the other the other side of this, I'm not trying to get away from answering it, but the other side of this is, I still always believe in the babyface chase of the title. I enjoy that. I always will. And someone as wormy as Seth Rollins is ideal in squeaking victories and holding on a title, you know, by the skin of his teeth. When the babyface was just about to win, but he got you know got out from underneath him somehow. He got screwed over, and then the chase continued until finally he there's nowhere for Seth to go. There's nowhere for him to hide. It's a cage match of some sort, and finally he gets you know his comeuppance. There's a big part of me, that eight year old in me, that wants to see that chase, um, and we don't get that chase if you know he wins. If, if um, you know the demon the demon king wins, so. Um, what are the uh, one of the advantages, Matt, as you're kind of mulling over this tough call to having uh, multiple main events on one show, where it's not just clear cut one main event, is you can do a finish that that elongates, that propels forward, to use certain terminology, a feud without giving away a clean finish right away. And so, if you've got Brock, Randy, and two title, two major singles title matches, not to mention AJ and Cena. You could maybe get away with having a non-finish in Seth Balor that doesn't ha- that keeps the chase I think going. That's what yeah, without Job and Finn Balor, so that's yeah. what came to mind when you were talking. I, you know, I think that's a good call. I think that's. A, I, I mean, I, I'm saying it won't be. There will not be a, a definitive finish. It will not be one guy with his hand raised. It will not be. It, there will not be a champion. Is what I'm predicting. Uh, is was what the only way they can get out of this, yeah. in my opinion. Yep. I know it sounds ridiculous because because then now you bring into it. Well, this is how our first you know, match for the universal title is going to go down and we're not going to have a finish. That's ridiculous. So ah, see why it's so easy <laughs> to go back and forth and why it's so, in- it's so interesting though. That's why I want to see it. It is. Every finish needs to be judged through the spectrum of how did the crowd react that night and how does it set you up for next month? But it also needs to be judged through the spectrum of looking back six months and going, all right, where did that finish fit into where they were going? And I think people who judge finishes really harshly the night they happen sometimes uh, look back and go, all right, I kind of see why they did what they did, even though I didn't see it at the time. And so Sunday night, heck, Saturday night too, um, and Friday night with Ring of Honor, there's going to be some finishes maybe where we're scratching our heads. And then it makes sense uh, three months later, six months later. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just a cop-out finish or, or a bad cliched idea that, that was unimaginative. But a lot of times there's a non-finish because there was no other way to get to that next – or no, no other good way that they could think of to get to that next month. Wait, people like to use the, – the, the WWE likes to use the Daniel Bryan example as an example yeah. by saying, just wait and see what happens. I know you think we're dogs, but you just wait and see what happens. You wait and see what happens. They like to use that as their crutch, right? As their, as their mouthpiece yeah. example. 
But what they're failing to remember is that a lot of us remember Daniel Bryan was not supposed to be in that WrestleMania main event picture when you were dogging him. Uh-huh. Um, he wasn't. He was not. It was going to be Punk. It was going to be Orton. It was going to be Orton versus uh, Batista, right? And yep. CM Punk was still somewhat in the picture. Of what to do with him as well? It wasn't until Punk left, and they needed to do something with somebody new. Did that get intercepted? Did that get intercepted? Plus the crowd crapping on just Batista versus Orton. <laughs> that all needed to happen. They failed yep. to. They failed to mention that when using that Daniel Bryan crutch. That yep. stay, stick along, and watch the rest of the storyline play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little revisionist history from from people who were bearing him. Uh, if you're in WWE oh. and you say, "Oh, you just needed to stick around till the payoff," yeah, you're exactly right, Matt. That payoff was never coming if they had their if everything else had gone the way they wanted. Right. Yeah. Yep. We're about to go to another commercial break. Why are you listening to commercial breaks? Why deal with these interruptions when you can become a VIP member? Support the Wade Keller. Pro Wrestling Podcasts, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, the PW Torch Daily Casts, and the entire team and everything that we do, and get a ton in return for your membership by becoming a VIP member. Go to pwtorchvipinfo.com for full details, 30 plus years of archives of podcasts, retro radio shows, over 1,600 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter, a fascinating march through our coverage of wrestling history, and so much more, including... Ad-free versions of the Wade Keller podcast, Wade Keller post shows, and PW Torch daily casts, and several exclusive VIP podcasts just about every day. Dozens of VIP exclusive podcasts that you're not hearing because you're not a VIP member. So go VIP, pwtorchvipinfo.com. Subscribe to our VIP podcast feed and listen in a streamlined way with no interruptions to all of our podcasts. Again, that's pwtorchvipinfo.com. Hi, this is John Arezzi. Matt Memories, My Wildlife in Pro Wrestling, Country Music, and with the Mets is now available everywhere books are sold. Co-written by Greg Oliver, Matt Memories is the story of my roller coaster life. Learn the inside stories about my days as the host of the groundbreaking Pro Wrestling Spotlight radio show and as the wrestling convention pioneer and dealmaker. I hold nothing back. Matt Memories, available now from ECW Press. Uh, thank you so much once again for your time. Uh, it is it, the hour and ten minutes uh, just flies by when you're on. We got to have you on again, hopefully, uh, sometime soon later on this year. If you uh, will accept the invite when it comes your way. Of course, my pleasure is always. Wait, it's always fun. Are you kidding me? Uh, I learn every time, and uh, I'll I, I await the uh, the flood of positive uh, comments on Twitter because you're you're always a real good analyst of what's going on today. That is Matt Morgan, the Blueprint. The blueprint for good podcast co-hosts from ex-wrestlers. Thank you, everybody, for joining me today here on Interview Thursday. From the shores of Lake Washington, or at least as close as I can afford, it's Jim Valley. We are live. It's Saturday morning. We're talking wrestling, so that makes it Saturday morning wrestling, doesn't it? And we have got a uh, show for you. Yes, we need a cavalcade of fun. It's uh, joining me today on the show. He is the man, according to uh, Ric Flair. He's the host of the brand new Ric Flair show on uh, MLW Radio. 
He is also the uh, former host of uh, Woo Nation, which was on a, another network. Basically, same show, new name, new place. Conrad Thompson is going to be joining us on the show in just a little bit to talk about what it's like to uh, nature and uh, live the life that he lives. So we'll uh, and we'll also talk some some wrestling and uh, how he got into wrestling. We'll talk some some old school wrestling with him. And with you here on the the big show. Until we uh, get joined by Conrad coming up in about a half hour or so, I would like to bounce some stuff off of you. As I as I tweeted out, I would love to talk some SummerSlam today. It's SummerSlam weekend, gearing up for uh, the biggest party of the summer, the hottest show of the summer, the high, big hot I I don't whatever they call. It. SummerSlam. It's a, a tradition of it's going on for, for 28 years now, I believe, if I can do my math correctly. And not only that, but, um, uh, you know, it's a huge event now. They're trying to turn it into another WrestleMania-type event with the NXT stuff and the three-day weekend stuff. They tried to do a concert, but apparently no one else likes Flow Rider as much as Vince McMahon does. Why a concert with Flo Rida? Was Kid Rock busy? Was, 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 he, was he busy? Was Robbie Dupree working a state fair? Okay, that's a really old reference, but still you get the idea. Anyway, um, SummerSlam, I want to talk about, I mean, geez, it's been around for so long. There's so many memories and so many matches, so I want to talk about some of uh, your earliest memories of SummerSlam as we talk some old school wrestling here this morning. So a dial-up. Help a brother out. You can uh, call in uh, anytime, 646-721-9828. What I do want to talk about is uh, NWA Legends, uh, the video on demand. Greg Price apparently was sick last week, and he's put up some clips of uh, me with Jeannie Clark. You can go see also Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, and he's got a, a sale happening right now at nwalegends.com. He doesn't do DVDs anymore because... DVDs just don't really sell. So it's all video on demand. It's all live streaming. And much like other streaming services, you pay once and you get to stream it forever until the planet blows up. So uh, you can check that out right now and uh, be a part of that here on uh, nwalegends.com if you like. I certainly think it's very good work. I think you should check it out. I think it's uh, a lot of fun and a lot of good stuff. So please, uh, please do so. Uh, you can go to nwalegends.com. There's interviews, obviously, with um, myself and Jeannie Clark. There's uh, interviews. There's one, obviously, that everyone's talking about with Tony Schiavone, where he is just hilarious. He is so, so funny and so great with so many great quips, so many great punchlines, so many legendary stories that uh, he'll surprise you. It'll blow your mind that that's Tony Schiavone. We've talked about that. Austin Idol is amazing because there's so many things. And even though I did an hour with him a couple of weeks ago here on Saturday Morning Wrestling, um, he talks about stuff we didn't get to cover on Saturday Morning Wrestling in depth with his plane crash and his very early career. And, you know, he and I, you know, one of the things you have to do with interviews and that I, you know, was able to successfully do often in my career, not always, but often, is you earn a level of trust. 
where people trust you that, that, that you're going to take care of them. You're not going to misquote them. You're not going to lead them down the wrong path. You're not going to encourage them to do something embarrassing, things, things, things like that. So um, Austin Idol and I, I think, have, have reached a level of trust, and uh, we worked really well together. So I think that's a very good one. Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin was great. Uh, Road Warrior Animal was in his element talking about a lot of great stories and just being a tremendous storyteller. So that's something to check out and be a part of. So, you know, um, Mickey James, if you're a fan of, of Mickey James, and that was one of the things that surprised me is just I didn't know exactly how popular Mickey James was. I knew she was popular, but she's at a, a completely different level than I had even realized. So uh, if you love the Mickey James, and apparently she's super popular, um, check out Mickey James. She did a great job. She's a pro with the whole thing, even though she had no desire to talk to me because I wasn't Jim Ross because I'm just a nobody. She didn't want to talk on stage with a big loser. She thought she was getting Jim Ross, but she got stuck with Jim Valley. She was like, oh, okay. Oh, how disappointing. Oh, well. And she really was. <laughs> That actually happened. There's also the famous Jim Cornette experience. There's the Jim Ross doing his one-man show, telling a lot of great stories, which are, which are right on the money. The roast of, of Ole Anderson is there. Everybody telling stories about uh, Ole and things in the morning, which was a lot of fun. And uh, So it's all up there. It's all video on demand, and there's a sale this weekend at NWA Legends. I would uh, encourage you to at least look at it. And of course, I'd be remiss without mentioning uh, Jeannie Clark, who is just lovely. What a, what a nice lady. What a, what a nice lady. I mean, all she's been through with dealing with, with, with drug addiction and, and broken marriages and, and, you know, the wrestling business, which is, is, is a business that has hardened a lot of people. And she just could not have been nicer. And I was so happy that she, 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 you know, she just is a, is a nice, lovely, regular woman. And, and that's just, that's just nice. So she's, she's adorable. She tells great stories, as you can see by the clip, and she has never done a fan fest. This was her first fan fest, first Q&A ever. And I thought she did a great job. So these are just some of the things you can check out at uh, nwalegends.com sale this weekend. And you can uh, stream them and uh, check them out and, and enjoy them. And I would, Honestly, I would I would put these up against virtually any shoot interview out there. I mean, I think the work is focused. I think we stay on topic. And oh my gosh, what a concept for for a shoot style interview. We actually ask follow up questions. Who knew? Who who knew that you could actually ask a follow up question in a shoot interview, as opposed to just going. So you worked Portland. What was Portland like? So you worked Dallas. What was Dallas like? What were the Von Erics like? Oh, you didn't work with the Von Erics? Some of those shoot interviews, just, just freaking brutal, some of those. Some of them are fun. Some of them are good. But, man, some of them you just... You just want to scream. Hopefully, these will not make you want to scream, and you'll be happy. I think they're, I think they're very good, and I think it's good stuff. And like I said, I would uh, put them up against uh, virtually anything that's that's out there. So, NWALegends.com. Saturday Morning Wrestling, Jim Valley, and uh, SummerSlam this weekend. I want to talk your memories of SummerSlam. You can tweet me 
at Jim Valley. You can uh, also send out uh, emails. Uh, you can do that if you'd like at uh, guys at gmail.com. Sorry, I'm checking out my tweets. Apparently, Conrad thinks I hated on him, but I don't hate on him. I was just making a joke. But, oh, well, what are you going to do sometimes? It is it is what it is. All right. Let's talk some memories of uh, SummerSlam. Let's, uh, let's go to the very popular uh, phone if we can. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Did you know that through Patreon, you can get this show with the ads and plugs removed for just $4.99 a month and enjoy our podcasts on whatever podcast app you're using or directly through the Patreon app. Check out full details at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Wipe away the ads to the Wade Keller podcast, post shows, and PW Torch daily casts. That's 14 pro wrestling podcasts per week with the ads and plugs removed for just $4.99 per month. Support us and enjoy a streamlined listening experience. Let's go to our uh, first caller. It's uh, 704. 704, you're on the live cast. Who's this and where are you calling from? Hey, Jim. It's Brian from Charlotte, North Carolina. How you doing? Good, Brian. What's going on in uh, my new adopted hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina? Not much. I'm glad to hear you had a good time. It's a pretty good place to visit. Yeah, you know, it was a lovely. Everybody there could could not have been nicer at times. It was uh, it was a little warm, a little warm. Yes. But everyone could not have been nicer. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's an old time southern city. We don't get the, we don't have the rep for being as friendly as some of the southern towns, but it really is a friendly place to be. And that's the thing. That's that's one thing. I think I talked a little bit about it. And I think I mentioned it with George South. And I'm not mocking anyone. It's just a different right. lifestyle, and it's weird to contrast the stuff in Seattle. People are are nice in Seattle, but they're not as forward with wanting to be helpful or wanting to make an impact in your day. I feel like a lot of people in Seattle feel like, oh, I don't want to get in your way, so I'll just be quiet. Whereas the southern attitude is. What can I do to help? And that, that doesn't even cross their mind that they may make anybody mad, and they don't. And it's a it's a lovely thing. I really I really enjoy it. It's really really enjoy it. Just just nice people. Yeah, I think they need to hire a charlatan to be the head of United Airways, from what I'm hearing from your misadventures there. Oh gosh, no doubt. Hated that. That sucked. But oh well. So what's going on with you? So this is kind of on track with what you were talking about. It's a little okay. bit off track, but. I flashed back to old school wrestling Monday night when for the first time in a long time, when Charlotte put that figure eight on Sasha Banks, she didn't immediately let it go, and she kept it on there, and Sasha tried to fight through it. It was probably on there for a good 20 or 25 seconds. And that's a storyline aspect that I think's really been missing all over the place. A lot of times they put the hold on, it's on for five or ten seconds, they let go, and there's no sense that they're really trying to injure their opponent. And I'm wondering if they're doing that to take the belt off Sasha for a short title reign. Yeah, God, you know, it's it's hard to say, but, you know, it, I here's here's what I think. Um, if we were to talk briefly about, about Sasha, I would say that um, I think it's her time right now. Uh, but, you know, I think every everybody who they really like at the time, they coronate at WrestleMania. So it wouldn't surprise me, and don't freak out, wrestling fans, um, if um, if Charlotte wins at SummerSlam, carries it all the way to WrestleMania, and then drops the title to Sasha at WrestleMania. It's not, 
it's not um, it's it's not unusual for them to want to build the chase. Um, so I, I I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see, but uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Do yeah, I wish sense? they'd done it. If that's the if that's the case, I wish they'd gone a little bit further and did an old Dusty Anderson's angle where they actually broke her leg and she couldn't defend and she was out for a little bit, then came back on fire and maybe had a little bit of chance to reinvent her because there's something missing from her character right now that was there in NXT. And I can't put my finger on it, but there's something missing there. And, and I love her as a wrestler, but there's something missing. I understand. I hear you. Well, thanks, Brian. I appreciate the uh, phone call. Thanks so much for calling from the the queen city of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Let's go to uh, 646, 646. What's your name? Where are you calling from? You're on the live cast, Jim Valley. Hi, this is Nelson from Bronx, New York. Nelson, what's going on in New York this morning, my friend? Um, well, I guess everybody here in the Bronx is, uh, well, I mean, I'm in the Bronx, but not too far from Brooklyn. I guess everybody's looking forward to SummerSlam uh, tomorrow night. You know, um, SummerSlam really belongs in New York, I would say. Well, I feel definitely, that way. Definitely, Jim, because uh, I just want to share you two SummerSlam memories. Um, yeah. I'm 39, I'm 39 years old, and uh, I remember I was 11 years old, and my father took my brother and myself to the first SummerSlam in Madison Square Garden. Uh, and that was a big thing for myself because I used to go to uh, Torch, I, I'm sorry, Torch, I, I used to go to house shows at the Garden uh, every once in a while, and, um, and, he took, and he treated me, my brother, and my, uh, my mother's sister, my aunt, because my mother couldn't go because she had to go to work. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was a real happening at Madison Square Garden because the, the biggest show that they ever had at the Garden before SummerSlam was the first WrestleMania, and I wasn't even a wrestling fan for the first WrestleMania. Um, but anyway, uh, the, what my memory for the first, for this first SummerSlam was uh, the Honky Talk Man against the Ultimate Warrior. And um, I remember the Honky Tonk Man's coming out and he's making a challenge to anybody who would face him. And I told my and um, and I was like waiting and waiting for him to see who it was going to be. And I told my father, I have to go to the bathroom. And my father's like, let's see who the challenge is going to be. And then the Ultimate Warrior comes out running to the ring. And I'm like, okay, Dad, let's go to the bathroom. I have to go. And he's like, okay, let's go. And the, the, the Warrior's theme is, is, the music is playing and everything. And then when I come back to, the, to my seat, the Warrior song is still playing, but I don't see the Warrior in the ring. And I said to my aunt, I said, what happened? And she said, oh, the Ultimate Warrior won the Intercontinental title. I said, no. And everybody in the arena was, who was sitting behind us were like saying, yeah, he won the Intercontinental title. And I looked at my father, and my father looked at me and was like, and I, wonderful, we just, made, we just missed history in the making. And I was so upset the rest of the night, Jim. You um, and your bladder. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I'm 11 years old. And I'm like, at the time, I was like, oh, man. I, you know, and I'm like, when is this going to happen again, having a big show at the Garden, seeing any kind of title changes? Uh, but, it made up, but it made up for it uh, when I saw Hulk Hogan and uh, the Macho Man team up against uh, Andre and Ted DiBiase because I've never seen Hulk Hogan in person, and I was a big Hulk, Hulkamania fan. And uh, that kind of made up for it, but I was so upset. And then, uh, what was it, 11 years later, I think it was SummerSlam 1988, no, 1998, with um, Highway to Hell, I, was, um, I went to that one. And I got to that, uh, seeing Triple H win the Intercontinental title from The Rock in the, in the ladder match, that made up for what happened that I missed uh, at the, the first SummerSlam. You know, that's a pretty legendary match as well, because it's a, it's a very non-traditional ladder match. 
because you got two big guys in a in a match that is traditionally something for for high flyers. They put on a, a tremendous performance, doing different things with a with a ladder, which was which was great. And plus, I mean, both of those guys were were right at the precipice of greatness, and everyone knew it. And at the time, the feeling was was that you know whoever won, I think, to, to casual fans, I think the the feeling was is whoever won was going to propel past the other one. And and really, what it did was you know it elevated both guys. As Triple H went on to carry the IC belt, and The Rock went on to to become a heavyweight contender. And it really that was a match where losing made both guys. Right. Um, so you yeah. got to see some pretty legendary stuff. Now, are you going? Are you going to Brooklyn this year? Or are you going to see it at uh, Barclays Center? No, I, I I'm I'm going to watch all of this stuff on the WWE Network. Um, I mean, I'm I'm just waiting for one day when they're they're going to have a WrestleMania or even a SummerSlam. Uh, I, well, I don't think WrestleMania is ever going to be held at the Garden again because they're doing stadiums. I would like for them to do it at a City Field or Yankee Stadium. I mean, that I'll definitely go to. Uh, I'm just not much into, like, going to see arena shows. I'm, like, watching it on TV. It's just the fans, I don't know, I'm 39 years old. I feel like an old man, like, oh, the kids today, <laughs> you know. Uh, I just like to watch stuff on TV, you know. I, I uh, agree but, with you. We had, yeah. you know, we had, the only WrestleMania I've ever been at was here in Seattle for for 19. And right, I right. just, as I'm sitting there watching it, it, it occurs to me, and, I, and I've had this feeling at Raw's before, but you have a different line of sight because it's a different scope. But I just felt like the whole thing was done for for television, and I just felt like you're you're the backdrop for a for a television broadcast as opposed to an actual live experience like you're you know like you're in a like a a big crowd for a concert where you know whomever you know Kenny Chesney or whomever in the stadium over the stadiums you know right now performs for you. I didn't feel like the wrestling was for us. I felt it was like for the broadcast and for the video. And that kind of turned me off on going to WrestleManias. And every year, my wife was like, oh, do you want to go? Do you want to go? And I'm like, no, not really. It's like, I, in my mind, I'd go to maybe like a Hall of Fame and then fly out after the Hall of Fame or, or maybe, you know, watch now with the net, with the advent of the network, you could watch, you know, via streaming, watch it from your hotel room watch the event from your hotel room and it would just be a much better experience, at least in, from my perspective. That's just grumpy old Jim talking. No, I agree with you, Jim. I mean, you know, that's, that's my bucket list, to go see a WrestleMania. I'm like the Jerry Lawler of the family, of, of the fans, because I've been to the Royal Rumbles at the Garden and the Survivor Series and the King of the Ring. I saw it the, at the Meadowlands back in 2001 with the uh, Kurt Angle and, Sean, and Shane McMahon match, but I've never been to a WrestleMania uh, and that's and I hope to uh, fulfill that one year. So uh, that 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 that's 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 pretty much my bucket list. But I mean, nothing beats being at a SummerSlam event. I mean, the Barclays is going to be into it's going to be cool tomorrow with all the matches. But nothing beats seeing a wrestling event at Madison Square Garden. Thank you for listening to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Also, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. This show, the podcasts, have our blue logo. The Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows have our red logo. Just search Wade Keller and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Pro Wrestling Podcasts 
and click subscribe to the red logo and you can download our raw smackdown aew and sometimes nxt post shows i'm joined by a co-host to add a different perspective to the analysis for the show where we talk to live callers on-site correspondents who are in the building who tell us what did not air on tv and we also answer mailbag questions those shows are available for download within a few hours after the show's end on monday wednesday and friday nights so there's a fast turnaround to get your fix so check it out. That's the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show. Just search Wade Keller. You can also stream the show live at wadekellerpostshow.com about five minutes after the show's end on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night. Um, but one thing, Jim, before I let you go, because I know you got other yeah. callers, um, you're gonna have Con- you're gonna have Conrad on the show, correct? Correct. Yes, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to that show. Um, if you get a chance, can you ask Conrad a question? Because I know he's best friends with Ric Flair. Can you ask Conrad, like, in his opinion, if Ric Flair hadn't left the WWF, which was known at the time, like in 1993, where would Ric Flair's career would have been if he had never gone back to WCW? That's always been my question about Ric Flair. Um, and then that's really about it, Jim. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate the call. Thanks for calling from Brooklyn from uh... – the Bronx this morning. Appreciate it. Love the, uh, the new callers. Thank you for calling in on Saturday morning wrestling here on the PW Torch Livecast. Brought to you by Loot Crate, by the way. LootCrate.com. You get the code PWTORCH. You get $3 off. 20 bucks a month and they send you all kinds of cre- uh, cool themed swag each and every month, including a, a t-shirt. Uh, it could be Lord of the Rings. It could be uh, new Harry Potter stuff. Also, uh, Loot Crate is, uh, with all the, you know, the different various crates that they have that they're now out there, Loot Crate, of course, is the original and the best and the only one that has signed an exclusive deal with Star Wars. So with Rogue One uh, happening this December, also uh, all of the new trilogy that's going on, there's going to be all kinds of cool stuff that more than likely are going to be coming uh, to you through Loot Crate with all kinds of exclusive merchandise, exclusive stuff you're not going to be able to find in stores, only get it through Loot Crate. So go to uh, LootCrate.com, enter the code PWTORCH, and uh, $3 off your uh, 20 bucks a month just to get all of this cool stuff. Guaranteed 40 bucks at least in value. By the way, I want to mention Conrad Thompson coming up in uh, just a few. Also, 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 coming up next week, a guy I'm super excited to have. Been trying for a long time to get him on the show. The superstar, Bill Gundy, is going to be on the show. He booked, of course, known with, with Memphis. You know him through Memphis, also through some of the WCW stuff. But when Mid-South was on fire and all the great stuff happening in Mid-South with Jim Cornette and the Midnights and the Rock and Rolls and, and Magnum TA and, and all of that stuff, the last stampede and everything, uh, Bill Dundee was booking all of that stuff, so we wanted to talk Mid-South for a while, and uh, Bill Dundee, we can talk to him about Memphis, we can talk to him about everything. I am so excited. I could not be happier. When I had a bucket list of the people that I want to talk old school wrestling with, Bill Dundee is way up there. Also, the week after, Jeannie Clark, Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh, ex-wife, uh, Lady Blossom from WCW, also know her from, from Texas Wrestling. Uh, a relationship with Chris Adams, once married to Billy Jack Haynes. A lovely, lovely woman. Just a nice woman. She's going to be the week after. So we have got some uh, great stuff coming up here on the live cast with uh, Jim Valley, Saturday morning wrestling. And, uh, you know, we can we can run the gamut, whatever your memories are. That's what we like to talk here 
on their Saturday morning wrestling. It's just like WWE Mania. Think of me like a a much lamer Todd Pettengill. And that, my friends, is really, really lame. Hey, uh, joining us on the show now, Ric Flair has, has made a lot of people in his career, whether it's a Triple H or a Sting. And uh, now he's uh, made somebody on the podcast scene from uh, the original Wu Nation. It is now morphed and uh, changed locations, but it's the, the same great people on uh, MLW Radio. It's now the uh, the Ric Flair show. But uh, joining us now, I assume from uh, from Huntsville, Alabama, maybe he's at SummerSlam. I don't even know where he is this morning. But joining us, Ric Flair's co-host, it's Conrad Thompson. Hey, Conrad, what's going on, man? Uh, hey, how's it going, man? How are you? Good. Uh, where are you at this morning? I am in Battery Park, New York, just over the oh. Brooklyn Bridge. So you are uh, getting ready for SummerSlam. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Going to uh, watch the fight tonight. Don't want to miss UFC, but tomorrow it is all about SummerSlam. So you obviously have – how long have you been going to these uh, these, these events uh, with, with, with Flair and such in the at the level you're at now? I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. You know what I'm saying? It's more than just – Buying a ticket. Sure. How long have you been? How long have you been doing this? Uh, we've been good friends since 2013. So um, I guess you know three three years or so. So I guess I guess the reason that I'm asking is, how would you compare SummerSlam to to the other events when you're when you're going in the capacity that you are now? Uh, well, I don't know what in the capacity means necessarily. Uh, it, it, it's well, I mean, pretty you, much you get to go to some of the some of the special events and things, and just the the different VIPs and things. It seems to me like WWE is trying to trying to build up SummerSlam as a as a big weekend, and I would imagine you've probably seen some of the growth and some of the changes that they've made. No, you you would be exactly correct there. Uh, this will be my third SummerSlam. Um, the, the first one I went to was in L.A., and uh, it was uh, the backstage area. There were more celebrities back there than there were out in front of the camera. Uh, so that was a little shocking, but I guess, you know, since that's where most of the television and movies that we consume in America come from, uh, maybe that made sense. But there were tons and tons of uh, celebrities there, you know, from John Jones to Snoop Dogg to Ronda Rousey to David Arquette and ESPN folks and just... Uh, a whole, you know, smorgasbord of celebrities. Uh, that was not necessarily the case at SummerSlam last year, uh, but a lot of, you know, the New Japan guys were there hanging out, and that was kind of cool to see. Uh, but I don't, I don't know what to expect tomorrow. But I do know that Brooklyn has been transformed. It is all about the WWE. There, they have events planned every hour on the hour somewhere, uh, and then some of the independent promotions have tagged on there as well. Of course, Cody Rhodes making his debut outside of the WWE this weekend as well. So if you're a wrestling fan, it's the second biggest weekend of the year. Is there a different vibe versus going to a, to a WrestleMania or maybe a B-show type of pay-per-view? Oh, for sure. It's much bigger than all the B-shows. Uh, you know, it's bigger than everything except WrestleMania. Uh, and the only thing that really makes it different from WrestleMania is, you know, like, for instance, this year, you know, half of the appeal for a lot of folks, I shouldn't say half, a considerable amount of the appeal was the stadium and, you know, just the, the size, the mammoth size of the venue. Uh, and that, you know, lends itself to making it feel like a big deal. Uh, and I think this is a, I don't think this is even debatable. SummerSlam is twice as good of a card as what we got at WrestleMania. 
Uh, but it's going to be in the Barclays Center, and so it is a beautiful uh, arena, but it's not nearly, you know, the Cowboys Stadium. Check out our new 2021 PW Torch VIP podcast lineup, including Everything with Rich Fan, hosted by Wade Keller, where on weekends we get together and talk about everything. And that includes our popular Off the Beaten Path segment, where either Rich or I present each other with something to watch that's Off the Beaten Path, and we dissect and analyze and react to it. Sometimes it's weird, sometimes it's nostalgic, sometimes it's therapeutic, and sometimes it's just plucking something from the past that would work today that's not being done. But we talk about uh, WWE, NXT, AEW, all the current events in professional wrestling also. It's a different format and a fresh podcast dynamic with Rich and me. Every weekend, everything with Rich Fan is part of the new PW Torch VIP podcast lineup for 2021. Obviously, you went to, to WrestleMania at, at the Cowboys Stadium. From just from a, a fan's perspective, I, I know I, I, you probably heard me talk about it. When I went to WrestleMania at Safeco Field, where the where the Mariners play, I don't know. I I maybe I'm just old and jaded now. I didn't find it to be as as great of an experience as a fan as I as I wanted. Maybe if you have like really close seats, it would be great. But uh, I don't know. I just sometimes those things get too big. Well, you can say the same thing about going to a football game. Uh, I have yeah. uh, season tickets for Alabama, and I find myself debating on you know around the Thursday each home game. I don't know is this is this one I want to go to, or do I want to give these tickets away? Uh, for the exact reason you just described, you know, you can you can sit at home and watch it on a 4K television, you know, huge, it takes up your whole wall, or you can fight the traffic and fight the crowds and not get instant replay and blah, blah, blah. You know, the television experience has really changed the way people feel about these things. The only th- the only reason I think you go to a WrestleMania now and, you know, maybe sit in a nosebleed seat so far away is just so you can feel it and just so you can say that you were there. Uh, because outside of that, you can't beat the perspective we get on the network. So I, I first met you just a couple of weeks ago at, at Charlotte Fan Fest, and uh, you said you mentioned when we had you on the air, and I don't know if anyone could hear because we're having awful technical problems, but uh, you've been a fan, you said, since uh, WrestleMania Four, the the, the 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 tournament, the world title tournament. Yeah, that's my first wrestling memory for sure. Uh, 1988, it was a VHS. When I saw it, it wasn't a pay-per-view. Uh, it was a two-tape set. I remember that very well. Yeah. The Hulk Hogan uh, pop-up. Had... You'd open it up, and he'd pop up there. There you go. Uh, so so I had I had the bug after that, and I think like a lot of fans, uh, you know, fell out of it for a while, and then you kind of come back, and then you fall out of it for a while, and then you come back, or at least that's what it was like for me. What uh, what period did was uh, sucked you back in? When did you get back into it? I got out in '92, uh, and I was flipping through the channels uh, in '96, and I saw Hulk Hogan with a black beard, wearing all black, and paused and thought, "Hey, what is this about?" Uh, so that got me uh, to pay attention, and uh, before I knew it, I had discovered what ECW was, and I was watching Raw and saw Cactus Jack wearing a mask and shoving his fingers down people's mouth, and I was back in. <laughs> you know, that was, it was pretty exciting stuff because I think a lot of fans, you know, uh, you know, who were older at the time were, were frustrated because WWE was 
so focused still on, on children and still sort of had a rock and wrestling connection vibe. And then suddenly <clears throat> you had this much more mature product, which is really what the fans were, were really craving and really clamoring for. And, and I think the, the gate receipts proved that. No, you'd be exactly right. And I don't think that Eric Bischoff gets enough credit. I, I think uh, history has been unkind to him, but he really did change, you know, the entire landscape uh, for a lot of things in wrestling that people don't really give him credit for. Uh, and, and he should be, you know, I hope that history remembers him better than it seems as if it has so far. That's fair. So it sounds to me, I'm I'm a little surprised talking to you because it sounds to me like you're more, you grew up watching more the WWE and ECW product and kind of a Northeast product, even though you're you're a Southern guy and obviously on the, the Ric Flair show and stuff. When did you discover Ric Flair as a fan? I was probably, I mean, I remember uh, very well watching uh, the funk stuff in 1989. And I remember the Great American Bash in 90 really well. And I remember him coming up uh, with the big gold belt to the WWF in 91. Uh, so I remember all of that stuff real well. But then I kind of got back out in 92, uh, right after SummerSlam. Uh, and then, you know, as I got sucked back in in 96, in 96, this sounds crazy now, tape trading was a really big deal. Uh, and so, you know, through some of those people who do disaster shoot interviews that you were referencing earlier, they would have all these best ofs. And uh, as a 15-year-old, uh, his message uh, really resonated with me. So I was hooked. I was a fan. He's the king of swag, you know. Absolutely. The innovator. I mean, did he, did he, I know some people obviously at the time, and this is, you know, geez, I don't know how long it's, it's a cliche now, but uh, people talked about, oh, gee, Ric Flair, he's too old, he's too old, he's too old. Um, and now, you know, did he, did he strike you as old back then? No, uh, he didn't. And, and you know, I, I think people get a, I don't know why history remembers, you know, think, people and things the way they do, I guess, because, you know, when Andre was main eventing, uh, WrestleMania three, nobody was saying that. Uh, when Stone Cold came out to a big pop this year at fifty some odd years old, uh, nobody was saying that. And when people were saying that about Rick, they were saying that when he was forty. So I didn't understand it then. I don't understand it now. I get it now, but you know he's sixty seven. He's not wrestling now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I don't know that there's you know there isn't like the movie Logan's Run. I don't know that there's a there's a cutoff age. There are some people who cosmetically still look good there are some people who can still um you know go at a certain age there are other people who may look good but but can't go i mean there's a by the way if you if you go to mlw radio right now the rick flair show it's been on now for a couple of weeks and uh, there's a great interview with greg valentine talking about um you know rick flair's running with with uh with with valentine in the 70s and all the crazy stuff they did but i was amazed to hear that that Valentine's knees are still good, and what uh, what amazing shape he's in, and it just goes to show you that that you never know as far as who makes it out alive and who makes it in great shape, who makes it in bad shape. That it really, like you said, there really isn't a number. It's all sort of luck and circumstance and happenstance. And and Greg Valentine appears to be, you know, shockingly one of the winners of the wrestling lottery. Yeah, and, and so, you know, the injury thing is certainly something that, you know, we'll never understand, you know, to compare it to another sport. You know, Grant Hill comes out of college 
and never has the career he's supposed to in the NBA because he's riddled with injuries. Meanwhile, other guys play their entire career and never really have a major injury uh, until the very end. So uh, how that happens and when it happens is always debatable. But if you look through, you know, other other sports, even the bodybuilding, uh, when you research, you know, how old the guys who were at the very top of that sport were, they were in their late 30s and early 40s. Uh, you know, by and large, the largest percentage of them are in their 40s. So when somebody says, you know, so-and-so's too old, uh, you know, I really kind of scratch my head on that, especially when the guy who won the Super Bowl last year, you know, was a 40-something-year-old quarterback. Uh, and, and you just hear those stories just all the time uh, in real sports, more traditional sports. But then in wrestling, you know, everybody wants the latest and hottest and greatest and newest thing. You know, at this point, AJ Styles has been wrestling for more than 15 years. Uh, but he's he, for some reason, has dodged the old thing. And I think a lot of people lose sight of that, that, you know, AJ Styles is two years younger than when Ric Flair first came to the WWF and people were saying he's too old. I mean, that's that's really the accurate number, and nobody considers him, you know, to be old. Well, what's the difference? Well, I, I, I agree with you, and I think another another factor is that we're living longer, and so I think the phases of life have shifted a bit and shifted a little bit later, you know, where kid people, earlier generations, my parents, your grandparents, uh, you know, had kids at like 23, and now current generations are, are having them, you know, 28, 33-ish. Um, you know, so things, are, things have shifted, I think, in that regard. Um, so how long have you been on your, your current passion with wrestling? Because you've got, from what I understand, uh, talking with Bruce Mitchell, you've got quite a, a collection of uh, wrestling memorabilia. It sounds really impressive. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I kind of got the bug, and... Uh... I started watching again a little bit in 2012, uh, but then got really back in in 2013 and started to try to uh, collect some stuff. And I started with a robe, and then before you know it, I had a whole bunch of other stuff too. And the hunt and the chase was half the fun. So uh, I do enjoy that aspect of the hobby for sure. Now, forgive me if I'm wrong, but do you have an original big gold belt? I do not, but I was involved in the uh, the book, uh, The Big Gold, uh, which was written by Dick Bourne from the Mid-Atlantic Gateway. He did a phenomenal job. Uh, so I know who owns the belt, and I know where the belt is, uh, but I'm not, uh, I don't own it. I do have a copy, and okay. you can get a copy too. Dave Milliken makes those, and he does a bang-up job of a cast copy of The Big Gold. He's he's the best. Do you Is The Big Gold your favorite uh, belt? For sure, uh, and, and I would say that the Winged Eagle is a close second one that was in the original uh, Macho Man tournament that we kind of talked about, WrestleMania four. Yeah. That was the first world title I saw in pro wrestling, and it stuck with me all these years, and I prefer it to be the dual plating, so it's nickel and gold. It was a gorgeous belt. It looked amazing on Macho Man. I remember the cover of the WWF magazine after he won it, where he's got like the number one finger, and he's holding the belt around his waist. It just looked like it fit him. I know a lot of people associated with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, and I get that. But for me, it just looked custom-made for Macho Man Randy Savage. It was really cool, I thought. I would agree with you. I think he is the person I think of the most when I think of that belt. What other, uh, what other kind of collectibles do you have? What other, do, you have any, do you have any actual belts or just replica belts? No, I did manage to... Um you know, collect some belts uh, through my relationship with uh, Dick Bourne and uh, Dave Milliken. They kind of 
have the inside scoop on where some of the old school stuff is. So I managed to wrangle together uh, a couple of uh, old ECW belts and uh, an old uh, NWA uh, tag team belt. Uh, so I've got I've got a few things like that. The, the coolest thing I have for sure, though, I mean, I think every kid who was a fan wanted a Ric Flair robe, and I managed to wrangle some of those. So those are the, the prize possessions. Yeah, you, you wore them around the house, right? Of course. Yeah, why, yeah. why else would you get one? Yeah, I checked the mail right. on them. Of course, and and you also have to serve drinks in them on a plane, from what I understand. Yes, absolutely, and uh, I, I I use balloons with them sometimes. <laughs> Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at PWTorchDailyCast.com. Cheers! We're talking with uh, Conrad Thompson. He's at SummerSlam this weekend checking everything out. Do you have any, any memories, any favorites or SummerSlam memories from years past? I was a big fan um, in 89, 90, uh, and 91. Those are my uh, my big SummerSlam memories. Uh, I remember, you know, hindsight being what it is as an adult, it doesn't stand up as well. But as a kid, the whole Zeus thing with the no-holds-barred tie-in from the movie was phenomenal uh, in 89. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I was an Ultimate Warrior fan. loved the big blue cage match uh, with um, Ravishing Rick Rude. I uh, thought they did a really good job with Earthquake and Hulk Hogan at the time. And then, of course, when 91 rolled around, I think the match everybody talks about uh, happened right here in New York City, and that was Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart. And that, to me, made me a fan of both guys, whereas beforehand, they were kind of afterthoughts. So they weren't really what I was tuning in to see. Uh, they got my attention that night. Well, not only that, I, I look at it as a lot of people talk about Savage Steamboat at WrestleMania three as the first great WrestleMania match. And I think that Hogan perfect match was probably the first truly great SummerSlam match. And it really, yeah, you know, elevated Ric Flair. Yeah, it really elevated, not Ric Flair, it really elevated Bret Hart. And uh, Bret Hart was still really cool then. He was like James Dean or something before he came overly whiny and overly, I don't know, whatever he is. But he was still, I look, I watched that last night and I was just thinking to myself, man, Ric Flair, or Bret Hart was really, really cool. And he just kind of, I don't know, sometimes the more he talked, the less cool he became. But, yeah, I, guess I loved him in 97. I, I think his work yeah. in 97 is second to none. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, any other favorites aside from, from the obvious Ric Flair? Uh, yeah, as far as performers, absolutely. Uh, I grew up a huge Terry Funk fan. Uh, even have more appreciation for him now. Obviously, Dusty Rhodes. Um I don't know that you could have been a kid in the 80s and not been a big Hulk Hogan or Macho Man fan, uh, but they were up there as well. So, um, you know, it's kind of a, a routine answer, but Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, Terry Funk, Dusty Rhodes, and uh, Nature. 
So for those of you who uh, listen to the, for those people who listen to the show and uh, probably want to know, how did you, uh, how did you meet Ric Flair? I made him in an appearance in uh, 2013, and we hit it off and traded numbers. And uh, a lot of people still think he lives in Charlotte, but he actually lives in Atlanta, which isn't too terribly far from Huntsville. So um, I, I learned uh, that most of his friends were actually in Charlotte. He only had a handful of friends there in Atlanta. Uh, most of his friends were uh, still in Charlotte. But he was dating Fifi the French maid, and she's you know with her kids in Atlanta. So he's there. Uh, so it was just convenient for us to hang out. We're just a couple hours away. So, um, you know, I'd go over to his place and watch football. He'd come over to my house and watch football. Same old, same old, just regular guy stuff. And before you know it, he had an offer to do a podcast. Neither did I advertise my mortgage business on the radio and thought that I would be a good uh, person to help him kind of keep the conversation going and get comfortable for his first episode. So that was the plan. Uh, he liked it. CBS liked it. So we kept it going. I, you know, for a guy, have you ever done radio? Did you do it in college or anything like that? No, sir. I, I'm completely amateur hour. Have no uh, background or training or skills or <laughs> nothing. As uh, as twenty plus years in in broadcasting and radio and stuff, you do a really nice job. It's fun for for a guy with no background. You keep things moving. You give everything seemingly, you know, the right amount of time. If it's something important, you go deeper. If it's not, you you try to move things along. I, th- I think you do do a very nice job. I appreciate that, and uh, I don't know if uh, your listeners have had a chance to check it out, but I think the best podcast for wrestling nerds, like the people who are listening to this, and that includes me and you, uh, is the new Something to Wrestle With with Bruce Pritchard. Uh, it's on the MLW Radio Network. It comes out on Fridays at noon, uh, and we've had three episodes so far. The brand-new episode that just came up yesterday was about the 1993 Lex Express situation, uh, what happened, what was supposed to happen, what almost happened, what didn't happen. Uh, is all discussed in great detail. Uh, a week ago, we talked about uh, the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan and how the mega powers exploded between WrestleMania 4 and 5. And then we asked the question that everybody wants to know about Macho Man and his departure from WWE. Uh, and then two weeks ago, we covered when Dusty Rhodes first left Jim Crockett Promotions and went to New York in 1989. Uh, What was that about? How did he work out with uh, Vince? How did he leave? What was a rib? What wasn't a rib? We cover all that in great detail. Uh, So if if the Ric Flair show maybe isn't your cup of tea, check out Something to Wrestle With on Fridays on the MLW Radio Network. I think you do a nice job with that. I mean, Bruce Pritchard... You don't get to be at the top of WWE and uh, Vince's right-hand man for as long as he was without being very uh, judicious in your answers, shall we say. And I think at times you're, you're very good at trying to, to pin him down and try to get more out of him at times than he might be willing to, uh, to give. So I think you do a very, a very nice job there with, with Bruce. Um, with Bruce, yeah, with Bruce Pritchard. I think I mentioned this to you when you when you ever get a chance. Um, um, ask him about Lloyd Lee, who uh, he lived with. He and Tom when they were both oh, yeah. in, in California. Um, Lloyd is a personal friend of mine, and uh, I, I think I mentioned this to you in Charlotte that uh, we were we just happened to uh, go to the Tacoma show the night that they uh, had the big WCW main event, the infamous. Buff Bagwell Booker T match, and uh, we just by chance we're going to go see him, just for for Lloyd for old time's sake to go see his friend, and we ended up wit- witnessing uh, wrestling history on accident. 
But uh, Bruce could not have been nicer, and uh, yeah, what a what a really great guy. But yeah, his old old California days, with with he and Tom, and uh, yeah, Bruce and everything. So yeah, Lloyd Lee, who uh, lives in Portland now, he might be he might be listening. But yeah, he's a guy that goes way back, way back with the Pritchards. Very cool story. Yeah, and uh, by the way, I'd I'd love to have uh, Bruce on sometime. If that, if you could make that happen, that would be that would be great. I'd love to. Love to talk to him, but he said he wanted to talk about uh, Texas and California wrestling, and you didn't seem too hip on that. This this might be an outlet to to make him happy and then to to help your show as well. So something to well, consider. Well, he he was just FYI, he was only doing that to uh, elicit a response from me, and he got one. I'm interested in all, in in every bit of history that he wants to talk about, but um, we have a good natured ribbing about us. He thinks that. Um, you know everything that came out of ECW was hot garbage, and as a fan, I uh, I disagree. Uh, so just naturally, since he doesn't like what I like, I don't like what he likes, and that's Houston wrestling. So I, at every chance I get, I take a dump on Houston wrestling. <laughs> um, Paul Bosch, he's a kind yeah, no, man. How dare, how dare well, you? And, and and that's that's Bruce's sentiment. You know, Bruce was really good friends with him and sat under his learning tree, and that's how he got in the business and. There's a lot of respect there. So when he, um, you know, wasn't so polite and wasn't so kind with my ECW memories, I had no problem just stomping on his feelings. Of course, it's all in good fun. Sure. Now, do you have do you have any ECW memorabilia? I do. I managed to wrangle um, uh, an old title belt from them, and I've got one of the old uh, arena signs from the outside of the building. Holy cow, that's that's pretty impressive. You must have quite a quite a cool room to see. Yeah, I, I do. I've got uh I've got some cool stuff out in the garage, I've got some cool stuff uh in the basement. Um so it winds up being if you're into that type of into that type of thing, uh and you come visit, you'll be sure to check it out. It, it is the nicest triple wide in Huntsville, <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> well, I hear it's 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 got to be amazing. I mean, you are a wrestling fan apparently with money, so I was just guessing that, that that's what it had to I'm yeah, man, nothing to do with last you. Year, I sprung for indoor plumbing. So oh my you know, God. For, for almost twelve months now, me and my family have been pooping indoors and we are loving it, Jim. Congratulations. congratulations. So so since you're a wrestling fan with money, does that mean you just go to rent town and go crazy? How does that how does that work? Well, we went down to the big lots and uh <laughs> found pretty much everything we needed. Uh, and whatever we didn't find there, we found at the Walmart. That's very uh, nice, the Walmart. Yeah, the Walmart. Uh, we have hooked it up. Um, so if you're ever in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, just go wait in front of the big lots of the Walmart, and I'm sure you'll see me whenever I'm redecorating. See, now, you think I'm making fun of you, but I'm really not. I always like to make fun of the stereotypes that all of us wrestling fans live in trailers and marry our sister and, and all of that stuff because that's what everybody <laughs> Everybody thinks so. I'm not really. I'm not making fun of you or Southern people. I just like to always rag on that stereotype because it it gets so old. But, but um, I mean, it's actually, so cool that I'm dating my sister, right? She's very attractive. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. 
There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise! I was going to mention, uh, in all seriousness, talking with Bruce Mitchell, he was telling me, telling me your story, and it, it really is very inspiring. It sounds like you were an American success story, as far as you know. You were in community college and got into mortgages. Is that is that kind of how it started? Yes, sir. I um, was working in sales, and I had uh, earned a uh, county youth leadership scholarship from a community college as a sophomore to family business with sales. I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I decided rather than try to get a scholarship or apply anywhere else, I was just going to go to the local community college, uh, knock out what I needed to do there, continue to hone my craft in sales, and then, you know, go finish somewhere else and at the same time continue to work in sales. Along the way, I got uh, recruited into the mortgage industry. Uh, actually, 15 years ago this month, August 27th, um, so, you know, it kind of worked out, man. And uh, a few years later, I was uh, doing better than I imagined and decided, hey, maybe it's time for me to kind of start my own thing here. So I did that 10 years ago. And uh, with a lot of luck and the grace of God and a whole lot of people helping me and somebody somewhere not paying attention, it worked out. And we've done okay. That's great. I think that's that's awesome. I like it when, when good people succeed and through hard work and effort and not just, you know, they're born on third base and think they hit a triple. No, congratulations. I sincerely think that's great. I, I really appreciate that. And and there was, you know, uh, a lot of truth to what you're saying there. You know, I sacrificed my 20s to be successful. And there's an epidemic now with 20-somethings who still live at home and don't really know what they want to do and are still trying to find life's purpose. Uh, so they just, you know, don't do anything. Uh, well, do something. That's what I did, and uh, it worked out. I would have never imagined as a 21-year-old, hey, I can't wait to get into mortgages. Well, it just happened to be something I discovered that I could make money at and turned out I was pretty good at. So I went all in on it and became all consumed with making it successful, and it worked. And that level of commitment will, will serve you well in whatever avenue you go in life. But it just feels like I run into a lot of you know, 26, 27, 28, 29-year-olds who aren't really doing anything and don't really have any aspirations to do anything. What's the name of the company again? First Family Mortgage and Hometown Lenders are the uh, two mortgage companies that uh, you'll see me with. Um, and, of course, you know, can't miss the Ric Flair show on Wednesdays on the MLW Radio Network and something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard on Fridays on the MLW Radio Network. Can you tell us... <clears throat> Can you can you tell us a Ric Flair story, going out in nature or anything? Is there anything you can legally tell us that won't incriminate either of you, but is still a good story? Uh, two summer slams in a row, and I'm hoping we keep the streak alive this trip. Uh, we have had a crazy incident with a cab driver, and um, 
it involves uh, foul language and cursing and threats, and that was not from Rick's side. Uh, but then it was, and it was glorious, and I'm hoping that we can keep that going. It happened last year in New York. It happened the year before in L.A. So I'm pretty excited about Rick coming to town today because there's a good chance I'm going to see a 1985 promo on a cab driver or a car service sometime today or sometime tomorrow. Sounds like a sounds like a like a big party. Um, who, like other wrestlers, you've you've had them and you've you've hung out with them and you you talk stories and stuff. Do you, do you just like the old stories? What what do you, what do you enjoy about that? Yeah, I enjoy. Uh, I, I only read, as a rule, autobiographies. Uh, I really enjoy uh, reading someone's story about how they were successful or what went wrong, and I really learn more from the wrong than we ever will from, you know, you learn more from the losses than you do from the victories. So I really appreciate when someone can just be totally honest, uh, and sometimes in shoot interviews and in books, uh, it goes through a filter of they're trying to posture for someone or they're trying to work or they're trying to get over or whatever wrestling term you want to use. But when you can get a real conversation with someone and there's no cameras and it's not being filmed and they're not having to perform, you can get some real perspective uh, and some real honesty that you might not normally get access to, and that part fascinates me. Uh, That's one of the reasons I'm such a big fan of Eric Bischoff. Seemingly he's one of the few guys who doesn't mind coming out and saying, Oh man, I really wish I had that to do over again. I didn't handle that well. Not a lot of guys say that. You know, in wrestling, it's all about, well, that guy was burying me, or this guy's an SOB, or you know, whatever. It's never just, you know, really holding yourself accountable and being a man and saying, hmm, could have did that better. Uh, but when you do, you know, get an opportunity to meet with some of these guys and they're not having to feel like they should be on to perform for the camera, you can get some of that, and I think really helps explain the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. Yeah, I I agree with you about there's a lot of people who don't take accountability or just try to blame people or situations or anything. And There are times when I'm just like, you know, just just stand up and say you did it, apologize, try to do better next time, and let's let's move on. But for some reason, that's that's a very hard thing for some people to do, and I don't know why. Yeah, so that, that's been, you know, one of the, the real treats is getting the, the whole story and that perspective where you could say, God, I wish I had that to do over again. Exactly. So you were at uh, NWA Charlotte Fan Fest this year. You've been you've been a few years. Was there, was there anything you particularly enjoyed while you were there? You know, every single year, uh, to me, the real um, draw for me is uh, just meeting with my friends. I have a whole group of wrestling friends from all over the country now that I pretty much only see there, including, you know, your good friend, Bruce Mitchell. Uh, Bruce and I don't talk on a regular basis, but that weekend we're pretty much inseparable. And uh, it's like we never, we never miss a beat. You know, we just pick right back up. And so whether it's Brian Rogers from South Carolina or Dick Bourne from North Carolina or Bruce Mitchell or Dan Van Alts from New York, or Russ Miller from Wisconsin, or Dan Hancock from Indiana, or Jeff Jewett from Vermont, or Super Dave Miller from Mississippi. I mean, people are just all over, and they all converge right here for one weekend, and that's really the fun for me. You know, photographs and and autographs and all of that, that's cool. Uh, Q&As and panels and, you know, the, the Hall of Fame dinner, the Hall of Heroes dinner, that's cool. But what's really cool is this sense of camaraderie and community that you develop with these guys over the years. 
And for just uh, you know a weekend, you got a whole new set of best friends, and uh, everybody kind of has the same common interest, and that's wrestling. It's very much like a family reunion um, where people get together and such. And the first time I went, I had a nice time, but it was my first time, so I didn't really know anybody. And that was for me the benefit of being able to do the Q and A's was that then people would engage with me, and I could talk wrestling with everybody and be a part of the, the family reunion aspect that you're talking about. And that was probably, I agree with you, one of my, probably the, the best part for me was actually being able to be a part and be involved and, and be engaged in everything. Really, really enjoyed that. But yeah, definitely like a family reunion each and every year at uh, NWA FanFest. Yeah, I want to compliment you. I thought you did a great job. I actually saw you do some of the Q&A panels before I had the pleasure of meeting you. And of course, not knowing who the person asking the questions is in your head, you kind of groan a little bit like, oh, God, he's going to, you know, hey, remember that time you wrestled Sting? Like, what a terrible question. I get that question a lot whenever Rick and I are hanging out and we're, you know, at a bar or something. Somebody will come up and say something ridiculous like, hey, remember that time you wrestled Sting? Like, what's he going to say? No, I forgot. Who is that? What are we? I mean, it's just silly. So I expect, you know, you don't know what to expect with an interview, and that was not the case with you. Uh, it was it was awesome to put a face with the name and, and be able to see you do your thing because I feel like there's nobody better at doing those and I hope that you continue to do them for years to come. Oh wow, thank you. I really that's that's uh, that's very high praise coming from me. I appreciate it. I had a I had a great time, as you know. It was all last minute and I I didn't have a chance to prepare, but it was a, it was a great time. Gosh, everybody could not have been nicer, and I found it hard to believe that when people told me that. Uh, that usually the Q&As were never strong. Like someone told me one year someone had like Barry and Tully and Arn up on the stage and the guy goes, what titles have you all held? And, and I guess there was sort of like a collective groan in the crowd. And at that point, Tully Blanchard went, um, why don't you just start asking, uh, go to the crowd for, for questions because they know what titles we held. And it seems like they would have better questions than you're asking us right now. So considering all of the, 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 the knowledgeable fans that are there, I, I was, I was kind of surprised by that, but, uh, but the outpouring of support and, and praise has been really nice. So thank you. Thank you very much. And- I launched the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter as a teenager in high school in the late 80s, and I've been covering professional wrestling ever since. It's been my full-time job since the day I graduated college. And I've followed every technology along the way and tried to be on the cutting edge, and one of them has been podcasting. We were doing podcasts before the word podcast was a word. They were just called audio shows for our subscribers. And a cool feature that we introduced last year are flashback Saturday night editions of the Wade Keller Hotline, where every Saturday night we post... Wade Keller Hotlines, all in one file, a week's worth of shows from 10 and 15 years ago. That means uh, you can listen to what I was saying about the news, about Raw, about SmackDown, about TNA, about WrestleMania hype, WrestleMania fallout, controversies, firings, matches that almost happened, and why they didn't happen. Every weekend on Saturday night from 10 and 15 years ago. For instance, the April 6, 2006 Wade Keller Hotline had a ton of insider news on the Hulk Hogan-Steve Austin dynamic at the WWE Hall of Fame and the prospects of a Hogan versus Austin match and how close it came to happening at WrestleMania 22, what stood in its way, and what the prospects were of it happening in the future, why Steve Austin said what he said about Hulk Hogan at the Hall of Fame during his Bret Hart intro, 
and what the backstage interaction was between the two of them. That's just one example of some of the fascinating reporting that was going on, likely before you were listening to some of my free podcasts here. So uh, go VIP. It's one of many, many cool benefits that come with a VIP membership. Get details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. And by the way, check those out right now. They're doing a sale at nwalegends.com this weekend. You can check up, check them all out. And I thought there were some really, really strong ones. I didn't think there was a bad one, but there were some who were just really strong as far as their being forthright and honest and, and talking about some things that, that I had personally never heard before, and I think a lot of people hadn't heard. I thought there was a really, really strong group. So, yeah, and I am coming back next year, and I hope to continue to be to, to come back. I really like being a part of the, the Charlotte Fan Fest family now and being an integrated part. It's, it's been really fun. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show today. And go ahead and plug uh, a couple of podcasts for MLW. That's right, MLW Radio. How, is it, how has the transition been? Is it, has it, do you have more freedom, I would imagine, with, uh, with, with working with MLW as opposed to, to a larger uh, name network, shall we say? Uh, we felt... You know, it was it was new territory for us, so maybe it's not necessarily uh, fair to compare. But uh, I, we were able to take a real sense of ownership and pride of ownership with the new shows. So we, you know, had the opportunity to develop our own format, so to speak. So we try to position it to where it's not just, you know, hey, let's. Because um, I, I do feel like some podcasts can be a little lazy, especially when there's just interviews, where it's just two guys and you click a button and hey, we're recording now. But there's no real thought process put into are we putting together an entertaining product or are we just a fly on the wall? And and I agree that I like that aspect. But every now and again, for whatever reason, the interview just won't click and it won't be a home run. You'll get some good information. You'll get a, a little hot spot, so to speak, here or there. But sometimes they're just a miss. But if you can, you know, put some garnish around it and you can complement it, then you can really have, you know, your meat and potatoes, your meat and three. You know, you've got some garnish there. So... Uh, that's what we try to do with the shows, and I feel like we've done uh, a pretty good job transitioning because now we've got some different formats. How to Be the Man has proven to be very popular, which is life advice from Ric Flair over the tune of Smooth Operator. Uh, That was not something that, you know, there was really an opportunity to do before, uh, but there is now. And so we cover the current news, uh, the top stories. We cover uh, This Week in History. Uh, we allow some fan interaction with a voicemail of the week and a Twitter question of the week. So we try to do a little bit more than just a traditional, all right, there's two wrestlers, hit record. Uh, and that's the reason I think it's it's going to have uh, a really strong following. It already has started really strong out of the gates. And you can see what's called in all this at rickflairshow.com. Uh, do you have any upcoming guest schedule we can talk about? Yeah, we don't we don't pre-tape anything uh, except whenever we go along with someone, we'll split it up into two. Uh, but in the hopper right now, we've got uh, Kurt Angle, which we're trying to do around the Olympics. We wanted to wait until the Conor McGregor fight was over so we could have Kurt come on and take a dump on Conor for getting beat up by Nate Diaz, which will happen tonight. Uh, so he's coming up. Um, and then we've got uh, Paul Heyman in the hopper. Uh, we've got Hurricane Helms. We've got Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, we've got quite a few lined up and that, that we're pretty excited about. I don't think the guest list can be beat. You know, we started off the shoot with um, Cody Rhodes, who had not done a podcast at that point, and it was really kind of his first public appearance. 
the second one is Shawn Michaels, who doesn't do these very often. We spent a lot of time talking about WrestleMania 24 and their retirement match. Uh, and then we transitioned into some old school that I don't think uh, really gets the attention it deserves with Ken Patera and Greg Hammer Valentine. Uh, and, of course, we had to plug our good friend also on MLW now, Mr. Bruce Pritchard. And I, I really think that one of the best things about about your show, and, and I try to do this here, obviously I don't have the Rolodex that you guys do, but, you know, I love the old wrestling stories. I love the, the road stories and, and hearing about some of the crazy things that would happen because I know in my regular life, one, I don't have the guts to do those things, and two, um, you know, I would get in big, 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 big trouble with the law, my family, and everyone, and it's just it's funny to hear, you know, these, the days of, of the outlaws and we're losing a lot of the outlaws. And, and someday there's going to be old school podcasts where they talk about, Oh, and I was in this Twitter war with this guy as opposed to crazy driving stories and crazy promoter stories and, and all of the stuff that happened in the, 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 the years that have that get that have gone by. And I think that, uh, Greg Valentine, I thought, really did himself a lot of favors with his show. He was very fun. He was very alive. He remembered a lot of stuff. He was he was very dynamic, and I was I was very happy for him. Like I said, I think a lot of people, I think it opened a lot of people's eyes about uh, about Greg Valentine and kind of beat the the tired stereotype that he's just kind of uh, just kind of out of it because he was he was sharp as a tack. I thought. No, he really is. Just because he's quiet doesn't mean he's dumb. And and I think there is a big misconception about that with him. And I was glad that we were able to poke holes in it. And it was a conscious effort to not really focus on much WWF stuff, even though that is what a lot of the podcast audience would want. Uh, the real stuff that is probably not going to be talked about, if it's not talked about very soon, is the 70s and 80s, the mid-Atlantic stuff, uh, how crazy things were when they were breaking into business. Uh, so we've spent the entire conversation talking about that stuff and not really touching on any late 80s and early 90s shin guard Greg Valentine. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but Rick wasn't there for most of that. So why not you know, let these guys talk about the good old days for real, breaking in, crazy drinking stories. I mean, where else are you going to hear a podcast where you hear about a guy taking a dump in a hat, Ric Flair dressing in drag, uh, a man who has, and these are Greg Valentine's word. An earring in his weenie. I mean, th- we start this shoot off and go every which way, and you don't want to miss it. This week's episode is up right now at RickFlairShow.com. Yeah, it's it's tremendous. And you mentioned, uh, you know, there, there's there's you could talk about WWF stuff, but a lot of those things have already been done. It's kind of low hanging fruit, and it's out there with other shoot interviews. And that was one of the things I tried to do with some of the some of the Q and As is not just go for some of the low hanging fruit or, or let the let the fans ask a lot of a lot of those questions and let them go with that, but try to dig a little deeper and talk about some things that, that may not be out there already that, that you can't get on any shoot interview or any any wrestling podcast that, that's out there. No, it's a it's a very unique interview. I thought the the Greg Valentine is one of one of the best of the, the Ric Flair podcast genre, whether it's the old show or the the core the current show, but yeah, I think the the Greg Valentine, I would go out of my way to to hear that, even if you're not familiar with Mid Atlantic, even if it's before your time, it's it's a it's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of craziness. Yeah, and you know, talking about what other people don't talk about, uh I should plug again something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard. I don't really hear anybody on podcasts discuss money 
we talk. I, I'm a business dude. We talk about money on every episode, probably ten times. Uh, who was drawing the most money? Who was getting paid the most money? What these contracts looked like? What was the payoff from a Coliseum video? What was a royalty from an LJN figure? I mean, lots of fun little facts and figures that Bruce was privy to that a lot of other people would either be guessing or they would try to puff their chest out and misrepresent what really happened and what it really was. Uh, but there are some misconceptions about you know, what the industry pays and what its superstars, you know, collect and earn. Uh, we kind of poke holes in some of that on something to wrestle with. So when we say a peek behind the curtain on that show, we mean all the way. Well, and not only that, I think the other the other benefit is that, you know, fans will say, oh, so-and-so is the greatest of all time, or this was the greatest tag team. And you can have your opinion. You're entitled to, to, to like who you like. But at the end of the day, the big part of who was actually the greatest was the gate receipts and their their merch receipts and and how much money they were able to draw. And I think a lot of fans lose sight for that. It's good to kind of focus in and see really when it comes to who drew and what they drew. That's a that's a bigger that's a bitter and bigger and better indicator of who actually was the greatest of all time. Yeah, I mean certainly when you talk about you know the, the best baseball player. Uh, you could you could list stats and records where you could talk about who made the most money, and that same thing is true uh, with wrestling. And so a lot of a lot of fans, you know, take umbrage with that. Well, the difference in baseball and wrestling is, you know, wrestling results are, are negotiated, uh, home runs are not. Uh, so those, those there there is a legitimate difference between the two, uh, and and one is certainly a form of entertainment. So when you ask, you know, what are the highest grossing movies of all time? Well, that's kind of the same thing with uh, professional wrestling. Who was big at the box office? That's really the end of it. He is I, and I am him. And I'm Matt Taven, the real Ring of Honor world champion. And you know how I show everyone that I get it? By tuning in to the podcast of Honor with Tyler and my personal main man, Ryan. This is Ryan. And I'm Tyler. And we are the hosts of the wildly popular PW Torch VIP show, Podcast of Honor. Our show covers everything Ring of Honor Wrestling, from analysis, show recaps, and wide-ranging interviews with the stars of Ring of Honor. Download the Podcast of Honor each week and support the best podcast on the PW Torch VIP network. So for those who don't know, just know him as Brother Love. I mean, Bruce Pritchard was... He had Jim Ross's job for, for a time in WWF. He was always had a hand in, in creative. So we're talking from about, uh, you know, 87, 88 after uh, WrestleMania three to, uh, you know, just recently, you know, just the past few years, he was, you know, at a very high level involved in a lot of things in WWE, WWF. And, you know, you're going to cover a lot of those, those major stories and talk about some of the things that, that some of the suggestions that fans have had that they want to, that you're going to be covering in the future on uh, Let's Wrestle With It. Uh, this coming week, we're covering uh, The Ultimate Warrior. So we're going to cover, you know, his debut in the WWF and then his rise through his intercontinental win at SummerSlam of Honky Tonk Man, uh, his feud with Rick Rude, and then how we transitioned into two baby faces against each other for the first time at WrestleMania in Toronto at WrestleMania 6, and then what happened before WrestleMania 7. Uh, why did they make the decision to take the belt off of him at the Royal Rumble? Uh, what was the retirement match like, and what was the plan after the firing when he was brought back? What the original plan for the WrestleMania 12 match was? 
self-destruction DVD. We just we cover it all, uh, and it's this week. It'll be this coming Friday uh, on MLW Radio. It's something to wrestle with with Chris Pritchard. And one thing, if you're listening to the show, you will probably notice immediately that uh, Bruce. A lot of people will leave a company and they'll immediately. Uh, you know, desecrate the company, talk bad, you know, oh, Vince was an idiot, he was this, he was that. And Bruce doesn't do that. Um, he very much still talks about the company line and defends the company line. And, and and I think it's a good perspective for fans because a lot of times fans just see things from the outside. And that's a good thing as far as sometimes you can't see the forest or the trees. But if you listen closely and, and, and listen sometimes between – what is said and what is not said, you could really get an idea of, of how WWE looks at situations and how it continues to look at situations. Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, John Cena, as, as you look through all of these people, you know, you can, you can carry a piece, you know, when they're talking about, about Lex Luger or they're, they're talking about the mega powers and things, you know, Bruce still, you know, he doesn't think the red rooster was a bad idea. Things, Things like that that may surprise you. If you listen, you can you can really get an understanding for how WWE thought then, and some of the threads that still carry through to this day. At least at least that's my takeaway from the situation. Well, two things I want to tag on there, Jim. Is one was you said you you know sometimes you think that Bruce is still sort of kind of toeing the company line. It's important to remember he helped create the line. So I, yeah. I think sometimes people don't remember that, but the majority of the booking back then was done around Vince's pool with Pat Patterson, Bruce Pritchard, and Vince McMahon. So those three kind of developed the line. So when he defends an idea, he's defending it because he was one of the people who created it. Um, so he can certainly speak to what the uh, original idea was, and the execution is not always up to them. Sometimes the execution is up to the performer. And so he does defend the Red Rooster, and I did have fun, you know, roasting him on that. But the reality is he had a great point. If you give that dead man Undertaker gimmick to anyone other than Mark Calloway, it's the stupidest gimmick in the history of the world, and it's done in 18 months. You give it, with, you give it to him, he makes the most out of it, and becomes probably the most iconic character in the history of the business. So, you know, Dusty Rose was given polka dots. He got them over. You know, most national publications, when they mentioned Dusty Rhodes' passing, they did it with the polka dots. Uh, Terry Taylor did not, based on Bruce Pritchard's testimony, did not embrace that the same way those performers did. So he struck out, and they hit home runs. But those ideas all came from the same place. And I, I feel like Bruce does a great job of giving the insight into why they made the decisions they did, even though sometimes... I just wonder if he's allergic to pork because he says nothing was ever a rib. That's true. Nothing ever. And, that's, and like I said, you can you can listen to it and it, it gives you a great insight into you know WWE and like I said, things that they still do today and a lot of thoughts and philosophies that have that have carried over now through through decades. So yeah, uh, let's wrestle with it. With Bruce Pritchard, it's part of uh, MLW Radio. You just go to uh, MLWRadio.com. Also, the Jim Cornette experience is there, and they have Court Bauer. And uh, Matt Farmer is a great historian. There's some great historical pieces. Uh, MSL is there with Kevin Sullivan. So some 
some good content there if you go to uh, MLW Radio, but definitely right up there with, with some of the best stuff are our, our Conrad Thompson's thing. So do you think you're going to be hosting any more podcasts in the future? You know, it's funny. I, I never planned to host the first one, um, but through my relationship with Bruce, you know, I, I really got a kick out of Bruce and I have been friends about a year now. And, you know, whenever we just have free time uh, and we're hanging out, inevitably something would come up about the past. And it would always start with me saying, hey, what happened when? And then he would he would get going on a story. And before you know it, we're an hour deep. And so eventually I pestered him enough to say, man, you can make money with this. This is gold. Nobody knows this. And he didn't think anybody would care. Uh, well, they do care. And uh, that's probably my feel, though. Two hours a week talking wrestling uh, and trying to have a real life and you know run a business, that's a lot. So I'm probably going to tap out after two. Now, do you have a, like a home studio you use? How do you record these? Yeah, we do have a home studio. Um, we call my house the Conrad. It's and I do have a studio there. But we've also got a portable uh, deal, which is identical to the one that uh, Steve Austin uses. Um, he, he actually is the person who told me what to buy. So we do have a portable rig when we're on location. But if I have a chance to do it from home, that's usually what we do. And I do want to mention, uh, I don't think it's debatable, uh, MLW Radio has the absolute best podcast network for wrestling there is. I mean, when you run through the minds of the business of Jim Cornette, uh, of Kevin Sullivan, of uh, Bruce Pritchard, and then you look at talent, I mean, the greatest of all time, the nature boy, Rick Flair. Uh, you've got MVP on there as well. You've got Alex Greenfield and Court Bauer, who are also on the WWE writing team. When you're looking for real insight, it's hard to beat Kevin Sullivan and Bruce Pritchard and Jim Cornette and I mean, you could go on and on and on, but nobody has that level of knowledge on their podcast network, only at MLW Radio, where you find those names. That's true. It's, it's great stuff with uh, Conrad Thompson. So who do you like this year for, for SummerSlam? What do you think is going to happen between Brock and Orton? Are the, the rumors about Goldberg, are you hearing that buzz where, where you're at these days? No, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I don't mind the idea of there being some interference. I, I think it would be fine if, if he was involved, but I don't think it's necessary, but I do think it's necessary that Brock has to get the win. Uh, what about uh, AJ and John Cena? I hope AJ wins clean, but I don't buy it, although I was reminded earlier today that Cena has lost six Summer Slams in a row. I don't know if that's true, but if that's accurate, it lends itself to think, hey, AJ's going to win again. Uh, thoughts on who the first Universal Champion is going to be? Uh, after all the build-up that they put around this demon persona, I don't see a situation where it's not Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor gets the win, and, and I suspect that will close the show. You don't think it's going to be uh, Brock and Randy Orton? No, I think it'll be the Universal title with uh, Seth and Finn Balor, and I think the show will go off the air with uh, him celebrating with his new title belt. What about uh, Ambrose and the show-off? I love Dolph Ziggler. He's one of my favorite performers, but I think Ambrose gets the victory. And finally, probably uh, the one you may have some some, some true uh, insider knowledge on, Charlotte and uh, Sasha Banks. Well, I was going to give my prediction, but since you just said that I had inside knowledge, I'm going to take a pass. <laughs> but everybody knows where I'm going. Come on. Yeah, I don't think you actually have real inside knowledge, but you certainly have... Uh, oh, then woo-woo-woo, some... come on. You know who I'm pulling for. You think it's going to be Charlotte? Do you think that maybe she, she carries it till, uh, till WrestleMania and they, they anoint a, a new female uh, babyface superstar or something like that? 
I don't know who it's going to be unless it's Bailey. Um, I, I was really hoping for an Eva Marie run. I was disappointed to hear that she's going to be off TV for 30 days. But uh, <laughs> I, I guess I'll have to watch Total Divas reruns to get my fix. What are you? What are you? What are you going to do? Just, just now, you're uh, you're engaged, right? No. Thanks. Oh, okay. Lord. I thought you were. My apologies. I apologize. Sorry. No, no. It's a congratulations. Oh, okay. I was going to say, why bother? What are you doing? Geez, you got yeah, all the money, I, all the success. Don't be doing that yet. Exactly. Listen, I, I, you know who some of my friends are. I've learned from their mistakes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I would imagine, though, you'll probably sign a pretty good prenup. Well, I might be working on that this weekend. You never know. You never know. All right, my friend. But look, I really appreciated everything from uh, from Charlotte. It's been great meeting you. If there's ever anything I can uh, do for you, you, you have my number. Let me know and uh, have a great time and a great time, a great weekend in Brooklyn, man. Hey, man. If you ever find yourself in Alabama, you let me know, and I will. Uh, I'll get the hogs and the chickens out of the way, and we'll save you a room here at my Triple Y. I would uh, I would love that. You know, I'll tell you, we're going to be coming down to the south here really soon, and uh, we'll have to we'll have to get together at some point. But I appreciate it, Conrad. I appreciate uh, all of your time, and uh, best of luck on uh, MLW Radio with the Ric Flair Show, and uh, let's wrestle with it with uh, Bruce Pritchard. Thanks, bud. There's uh, Conrad Thompson joining us uh, live from uh, Brooklyn. Appreciate him being on the show. You can go check out uh, his content, and what a great guy. By the way, if you didn't catch it, next week we are going to have Bill Dundee on the show. Bill Dundee. We'll talk Memphis. We'll talk Mid-South. We can talk WCW. We can talk all kinds of different stuff. I'm stoked for that. Plus, the week after, the lovely Jeannie Clark, the ex-wife of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and we'll talk to her. She's just a, a lovely woman. So we've got some great shows coming up here with uh, Saturday Morning Wrestling each and every Saturday morning. Next weekend is Bill Dundee. So we'll talk some Memphis. We'll talk uh, UWF. We'll talk more stuff with Bill Dundee next weekend. Enjoy SummerSlam, and we will uh, talk to you next weekend here on the BW Torch Livecast, Saturday Morning Wrestling. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at PWTorchDailyCast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at PWTorchDailyCast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, PWTorchDailyCast.com.
We're now on Patreon. That's right. You can support us and get benefits at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We have three tiers, $4.99, $6.99, and $9.99. The first tier gives you all the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling podcasts and post shows and the PW Torch daily casts with the ads and plugs removed. That membership tier also includes the VIP after shows that on occasion we put on extended versions for VIP members at the end of the Wade Keller shows and daily casts. And it's compatible with the Apple Podcast app and any other third-party podcast app out there, or you can stream the shows directly from your Patreon app or the Patreon website. Or you can upgrade to Tier 2 for two extra dollars a month and add the Wade Keller hotline to the mix, a daily podcast just for VIP members who support us. Or you can upgrade to Tier 3 and get all the Wade Keller podcasts and post shows and daily casts with the ads and plugs removed and the VIP after shows and the Wade Keller hotlines, plus all the other VIP exclusive podcasts and a PDF and all text version of the weekly Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter and a 20 years ago Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter every week. Full details on how to support us and get so much in return with three different tiered options at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. You can still support us directly on our website and get the full VIP benefits for $9.99 a month by going to pwtorch.com slash govip. That has not changed. This is just an additional option for those of you who are familiar with and like supporting creators on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. All right, forget about last summer. It's all about this summer. We've all been inside long enough, so grab some beach towels, stock the cooler, and make your escape. It's time to celebrate the best season of the year like never before. With so many great stories and programs, Audible is the perfect summer partner. And now is the absolute best time to do it because Prime members can save 53% off your first four months. With Audible, you can listen to more of whatever you're into because Audible has it all. An unbeatable selection of audiobooks, tons of binge-worthy podcasts, and exclusive originals. All available to download or stream. Here's what you get. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month, like the latest bestseller or hottest new release. Yours to keep forever. But here's the best part. You also get full access to Audible streaming library, the Plus Catalog. Discover your next podcast obsession, check that audiobook off your bucket list, or get lost in a world of original content from celebrity creators, best-selling authors, and leading experts. The kind of stuff you can't hear anywhere else. Stream all you want, as much as you want. Audible is a perfect companion for summer because no matter where you're going or what you're doing, you'll always have just the right thing to listen to at your fingertips. Perfect for road trips, lazy beach days, long bike rides, or just barbecuing in the backyard. Right now, for a limited time, Amazon Prime members can save 53% on four months of Audible. That's only $6.95 a month. If you're not an Amazon Prime member, what are you waiting for? Go to Amazon and sign up so you can get this deal and so much more. Get more out of summer with Audible. To take advantage of this incredible limited time offer, go to audible.com slash wade. That's audible.com slash wade. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You get about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. 
plus tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post-pay-per-view roundtables dating back to late 2004. Also access to our full archives, thousands of podcasts, over 1,500 back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly Newsletter that started it all, add free access to our website and more. Check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com. That's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign-up form. It's mobile-friendly, desktop-friendly. In two minutes, you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. One of the really cool parts of being a VIP member is getting to relive history through the pages of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter back issues. We have Pro Wrestling Torch newsletters dating back to the late 1980s. We put a new back issue up from 20 years ago that week. And so when you go VIP, you instantly have access to over 1,500 back issues and a new PDF, along with an all-text version, if it's easier for you to read that on your phone, uh, goes up every weekend. And the latest issues include a cover story from the June 10th, 2000 issue on Goldberg's return to WCW and whether he's a solution to what was ailing WCW at the time. Also, my column titled, Vince Russo is from Outer Space. And Bruce Mitchell's column, still timely today, unfortunately, of racist gimmicks and poverty pimps was the title. That's issue number 606. The week before that, issue number 605 from June 3rd features a cover story that talks about how there could be a shakeup in the wrestling industry with WCW for sale, And ECW having an uncertain future. And also a Bruce Mitchell column spoofing Vince Russo titled, How I Became World Champion. If we go back another week to the May 27th, 2000 issue, it had detailed coverage of the Judgment Day 2000 pay-per-view, including my review and staff roundtable reviews of the Rock Triple H 60-minute Iron Man match. And also the final installment of the Lance Storm Torch Talk with his thoughts on various ECW colleagues. The week before that, the May 20th, 2000 issue, issue number 603, features a cover story on Ric Flair's collapse in the ring during Nitro. Part 3 of the Landstorm Torch Talk, with his explanation for why he decided to quit ECW. Our coverage of ECW, Hardcore Heaven, the pay-per-view, and more. And then the week before that, the May 13th issue, features a cover story on the changing TV landscape in pro wrestling, with the WWF moving from USA to TNN, and a potential shift of ECW. Also a cover sidebar story on the death of an ECW fan after a hotel party and WCW Slamboree coverage. And the week before that, our coverage from the May 6th issue, number 601, of David Arquette winning the WCW title. My EndNotes editorial examining Vince Russo's controversial decision and flippant comments about title belts. Our coverage of WWE Backlash 2000 and more. I could keep going on, but that gives you an idea of what you're missing out on by not being a BIP member. Imagine settling in on the weekend and uh, kicking back and reading wrestling history, not through the lens of WWE filtering it to their benefit, not through people looking back on it through today's lens, but what was said at the time, the week it happened, by some of the voices that you are familiar with here on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and PW Torch Daily Casts. So go VIP and relive professional wrestling through the way the torch covered it in real time with contemporaneous coverage of pro wrestling's biggest events, biggest news stories, biggest personalities. I think you'll have a blast. It alone is worth the membership price for so many of our members. Check out details on everything else that comes with the VIP membership, including daily podcasts that are VIP exclusive and shows like this with the ads and plugs removed. 
Go to pwtorch.com slash govip for full details. That's pwtorch.com slash govip. Prices are as low as $8.25 a month on average if you subscribe for a year or check us out for a month for $9.99.